Hello and welcome to our February 24, 2023 Ag Advisory Committee. This is your chair, Mr. Witte. Uh, first thing is call to order. And item number two is a roll call, Liz. Okay. Uh, Brandon Badiati is not present. Jerry B. Miller. Present. Chuck Campos. Present. Michael Frederick. Here. Uh, Larry Goslin is excused. William Hoppies. Here. Uh, Millie Kimbrough is not present. Jennifer Coney is not present. Uh, Clayton Coatman is not present. Uh, Chuck Moore. He said it on mute. Okay. Can you uh, repeat that on? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I see Millie down there too. Oh, there's Millie. Okay. Uh, Jack Norton is not present. Uh, Daryl Sweet. Present. Karen Sweet. Yes. Uh, Carl Wente. Yes, present. And Amos White. Present. So I think I called everyone here. Oh, and, and um, so we do have a quorum of the committee present. We also have Kathy Roach, our Ag Commissioner, and uh, Elka Rank from Zone 7 here as ex officio members. And I see that uh, Jack Norton just joined us as well. And Millie Kimbrough um, came on right after you called her name. Okay. I we, Yes, I, I did. Check uh, Millie as being here. Thank you very much. Thank you for all those in attendance and uh, to the members and uh, ex officio members, as well as Liz and her great staff. Um, item number three is adopt findings, continue holding meetings of the AAC by teleconference and discuss changes affecting the use of teleconference participate, participation in future meetings including return to in-person meetings after the expiration of the pandemic state of emergency, February 28th, 2023. Staff recommendations, we adopt the state of emergency exists, um, and uh, the chair encourages us to have a robust discussion, hopefully led by Liz, of what does that mean after February 28th and what are our rules and guidelines. And there was some pre-discussion about uh, whether to keep this time or move to evenings and the like. So with that, turn it over to Liz. Okay, so I, I think you're, most of you are aware that the, um, we have been uh, operating under um, some state legislation for the last several months that allowed us to continue to have virtual meetings um, under different rules than um, we did uh, under pre-pandemic circumstances. Um, the uh, state of emergency that has been in existence for the last several months is set to expire on uh, February 28th of this year. So um, this group will, and, and all other um, Brown Act bodies throughout the state, will have to, to change the way they've been operating, assuming they've been um, making the same findings that, that this group has. 
So there are um, a, a couple of ways that the um, the group can uh, operate. One is going back to the the same Brown Act rules that that we used pre-pandemic, where members of the committee were uh, uh, allowed to appear virtually or attend the meeting virtually, but only um, if there were some pretty um, strict rules uh, followed, including um, the agenda would have to be posted wherever you're going to be physically during the meeting, and you had to you would have to allow members of the public to enter the 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 place where you're you are attending virtually so if you are joining the meeting on zoom um from your house you would need to be willing to let people into your house to sit with you as you attended the meeting um there was also another law that was passed last year uh it's ab 2449 which does allow for um uh remote attendance on very limited uh bases uh, including uh where you know some some kind of unforeseen circumstances so it couldn't just be like you know you don't feel like driving to the meeting that day it has to be your you know you miss your plane coming back from a conference and you just can't physically be in in the place uh where the meeting is happening um under those circumstances you have to have a quorum you still have to have a quorum present physically in the meeting location. So the whole committee can't decide they're, they're not going to uh, attend in person. Um, so that is, um, that has to do with the committee members. Um, the, the Board of Supervisors has committed to providing uh, the, the technology for all uh, bodies to meet um, uh, or to hold hybrid meetings, which would mean that the public would be able to um, attend virtually or in person um, and, and interact with the committee and be able to um, see everything that the committee sees, like PowerPoint presentations or, or whatever. Better. So, um, the my understanding is that the um, the uh, technology is not quite there um, for the hybrid meetings, so um, we're kind of doing the best we can um, figuring out uh, how this is all going to work. Um, we I'm I'm still kind of trying to. Uh, figure out how best to um, provide the ability to do hybrid meetings. Um, but I, I, it looks like we may not have the ability to have the hybrid meetings um, right away after the uh, state of emergency ends on February 28th. So I'm anticipating, and I, I'm, as I said, I'm still kind of trying to figure out what our options are. 
I'm anticipating that the March meeting will need to be in person and may not be hybrid. So it, it's possible that everybody who wants to attend the meeting will have to be in the physical room. Um, so there are uh, a couple of things to think about. Uh, well, for one thing, I, I can keep the committee apprised of the situation to the extent I can as, as information becomes available. Um, we'll need to find uh, a meeting location that's available. Um, previously, uh, this group met at the Public Works building on Gleason in Dublin. Um, so we, we want to have a, a location that's convenient to everyone in the county, the, the East County people and, and the West County people. Um, so finding a meeting location uh, is one task. Um, the other question for the committee is, previously um, this group met in the evening. Uh, I believe we started at seven o'clock in, in the evening. Um, so the other question is, would you want to continue to meet at three o'clock as we have been, or would you want to go back to having e uh, evening meetings? Um, so the, the first order of the day uh, is to uh, adopt the findings as you have been for the last several months um, regarding the, the existing state of emergency. And that would be so we can continue having the meeting uh, today. Uh, with everyone uh, online. Um, and then uh, I was hoping that there would be some discussion about um, meeting location and time of day and any thoughts you might have uh, regarding uh, hybrid meetings. Perfect. So then can we motion for the to continue to hold this meeting per the staff recommendation before we move on hand up mr white so moved so moved may we have a second motion by mr white second i'm going to say mr b miller got his hand up right before mr frederick's motion by uh mr white second by mr b miller roll call uh jerry b miller approved chuck campos yes Michael Frederick? Yes. I hate to interrupt. Point of order. Point of order. Um, I think after um, any second, you have to take discussion on the motion, and okay. then we go to vote. I think that's a correct point of order, and the chair apologizes for his. Uh, is there any further discussion on this item before we open to a roll call? Hearing none. And, and actually, I, I think we should take public comment as well, if there is any. And then to the public, thank you, Mr. White, keeping me on track. Uh, there are no raised hands. Big nod, we'll clo close the public forum. Any further discussion from the committee? Hearing none, to the roll call. Can the record reflect that Jennifer Conius here as well? Yes, at her. Roll call. Can we start from the top? Okay. Uh, Jerry B. Miller? Yes. Chuck Campos? Yes. Michael Frederick? Yes. William Hoppies? Yes. 
Millie Kimbrough. Yes. Jennifer Coney. Yes. Uh, Chuck Moore. Yes. Jack Norton. Yes. Daryl Sweet. Yes. Karen Sweet. Yes. Carl Wente. Yes. And Amos White. Yes. Okay, the findings are adopted. Findings are adopted. We are still in item number three. And is there anybody to me, is the Dublin location available to us, Liz? Uh, that's something we would need to check on. Um, there, there are a couple of things is are it, it probably would depend on whether you want to meet during the day or in the evening. Um, because the, the room is actually like the break room for the, you know, the, the public work staff that work in the building. So, um, depending on what time you want to meet it, that might determine whether that room is available or not. Understood. Okay. So then let's go to the timing first. And can we just do in the roll call order, Liz, a, a simple vote on who prefers uh, three o'clock and who prefers seven o'clock? Uh, because I am the chair, I can bias the jury as that I would significantly prefer three o'clock. That being said, we'll take the, the vote as it comes. Okay. Uh, Jerry B. Miller? Uh, I'm ambivalent. I could do either. Uh, Chuck Campos? If we have to be physically present, it has to be evening for me. Michael Frederick? Uh, I would prefer the later time. I think it was 7 o'clock. Yep. Uh, William Hoppies? 3 o'clock. Millie Kimbrough? I have no preference. I'm going to withhold my oh, pass. Uh, Jennifer Coney? Uh, since somebody cannot make it unless it is 7 o'clock, I'm going to say 7 o'clock. Uh, yeah. Chuck Moore? Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm okay with either one. I'll join Carl. Uh, Jack Norton. Seven o'clock. Daryl Sweet. I would prefer seven o'clock. Karen Sweet. I really don't care, uh, but, <laughs> but three o'clock is, is when I'm at a higher energy level. <laughs> so the sweets are split. Yeah. <laughs> we cancel each other out. That's a good one. We won't show up at all then. <laughs> uh, and Amos White. Muted. Thanks for the prompt. Um, three o'clock. Okay, so we have one, two, three. Looks like four or three o'clock. Five for seven o'clock and <laughs> Three for either. 
you know, so that is the slight margin towards seven o'clock inclusive of uh, cannot make it in less seven o'clock. And so for right now, the chair honestly does not know what to do. I know <laughs> we have one more meeting that gets us through February, and then we will have to address for the March meeting. As we'll go into the next item, we'll see the meeting schedule, which you all have in front of you. At this juncture, the chair would advise that you attempt to hold the three o'clock hour and the seven o'clock hour on those times as we're working through the unknowns of hybrid and location. Um, if Liz, if you could look hard, explore hard of the, the both the three o'clock and the seven o'clock and having a location, a possible East Bay uh, location, you know, double and ish feels about right. Coming all the way out to, to Livermore to the Martinelli Center, if that traffic in those hours doesn't feel quite right, uh, although very easy for me. So I think that duplication works well. So if we can explore both of those for March and if the committee can hold both of those times as we work our way through the situation. I very much hope I and I will call my elected representative and anybody else that will hear from me, asking them to do everything in their power to expedite the state that we want to work so all bodies can exist in a hybrid manner. And that technology is not straightforward. Phones in the room with other stuff, with the feedback and the likes, like we've all seen it, we've all lived it. So expect it to be done by March. I would encourage you all to call your elected officials and say, and just down on the import of this. There has heard a lot of feedback of how nice it is at this time and on Zoom for outsiders, not for this committee to be able to listen in and the ease of the hybrid situation that we have right now. So I very much hope that we can, A, get back to this committee, spends more time in person, but B, allow a hybridization, um, both for the committee members and for the public. Now, pretty lofty goal. Mr. Moore. My understanding is we currently only have two locations other than the Board of Supervisors meeting room that have the hybrid capability. And, um, and being on the Mac, we've worked with this now for two and a half, three months, just trying to get it in place there. So I, I doubt that we're going to be able to get the Martinelli Center or um, another location that they're going to set this, um, uh, this, I guess, satellite system up in. Uh, your, your doubt is recognized. And I will double down, maybe make calls to your elected officials and any other relevant staff that might help us move in this direction. We are a body that is governed by our constitution and called for by ECAP, which is a part of the general plan of Alameda County. And in order to do our duty and effectively fulfill our purpose and powers, that we need some ability to do this. Now, we could go back where, no, it all worked before. And it doesn't happen, but I'd encourage us because it is an imminently solvable problem. Take time, money, and resources of which we recognize that there is a finite nature to that. So I'm not holding my breath and expecting a hybrid meeting that will work perfectly in March. Did our goals and objectives, if anybody does not align with what was said, please speak up. And in the meantime, all I can say is please hold three o'clock and seven o'clock on those days that we're looking at as we through this and that's the best that we have right now i see a head nod from liz and that's good enough for me to sort of say we're we need to punch this and move along but until all all hands are are moved through we shall not mr b so we're working on facilitating the Sonoma glenn school for this so i don't know whether it would be ready by march but we're working on it we've uh, all but uh 
pass the, the agenda to, to provide the monies to do it. Perfect. Uh, Liz noted, I see her writing that one down. To me, that is a potentially hybridized location for us. Some challenges with the 84 construction and the likes. We're not saying that <laughs> simple get to, um, but it's a nice little quaint get to that I wouldn't mind going to. So thank you for that one. And if anybody else has any other locations where they're working in that direction for a hybridization that fits within the rules and regulations under which Liz has to conduct this meeting, please let us know because it's not a simple outcome. That said, we know it is possible, and that just takes committing funding, a la what B. Miller did with the Sonol area, call our local elected officials because the function of uh, a high-functioning government on some level, in my humble opinion, is predicated on our ability to do this. Mr. Fredericks. Um, I was just going to say the ACRCD has met at been meeting up till COVID uh, at the Mar uh, Martinelli Center. Uh, we we could both organizations could benefit if that had a hybrid um, facility in it. That's all. I see Liz making another note. Thank you, sir. And I I agree. Any other comments on this? Is there any clarifications needed from your chair's request to hold both the three o'clock hour and the seven o'clock hour? February next meeting will be hybrid per the. Uh, state of emergency that exists up until the end of February, after which point we have to think in the gray. We don't know how this is going to land. Is everybody clear? Does anybody have any clarification? Good. We shall close item number three. Liz, is there anything I'm missing before we close item number three? Uh, no, we can move on. Thank you. Moving on to item number four is the approval of the minutes. Uh, from November 15th. I'm sure everybody remembers that perfectly without, after going through the holidays and the new year. But those that have had a chance to review those minutes, are there any comments or clarifications? If not, I would entertain a motion. Move to approve. Motion by Mr. Miller. Second by Mr. Fredericks. Open for discussion. Open to the public. No raised hands. Roll call, please. Jerry B. Miller. <coughs> Chuck Campos. Abstain. I wasn't there. Michael Frederick. Approved. William Hoppies. Approved. Millie Kimbrough. Did we lose Millie? I think she stepped away from her desk. Uh, Jennifer Coney? Approved. Uh, Clayton Coltman? Approved. Chuck Moore? Abstain. Uh, Jack Norton? Approved. Daryl Sweet. Approved. Karen Sweet. Approved. Amos White. Approved. Carl Wendy. Approved. And did we get? Let the record reflect that Dr. Goslin has joined us. Can you please confirm auditorially, Mr. Godfather? 
Uh, yeah, I'm I'm in transit, and so I'll just be listening in. Uh, I didn't hear what the vote was regarding, so I'll abstain on this unless Perfect. my vote is needed. Your vote is not needed. Thank you, sir. But just reflecting that Dr. Gosling is present. Uh, so the minutes are adopted. Minutes are approved. On to item number five, an open forum. Any member of the public may address this committee on a matter not on the regular agenda. No discussion or action may be taken on these items. We ask for a two-minute time limit. We thank you in advance for uh, showing up, which is half the battle in this uh, mighty democratic republic that we have. Liz, open, please. Uh, Kelly Abreu. Thank you. Um, two things, uh, two subjects I want to cover, water and roads. Both of them, the rural roads are very important to uh, to uh, agricultural interests. Um, the This uh, flooding recently has destroyed a lot of these rural roads. And if you look, at, if you listen carefully and look at what the county is saying, they actually don't have FEMA, formal FEMA, FEMA declaration of emergency, general emergency, and they're not authorized to get money and um, it seems like uh, the uh, the flood control district and the director of public works is behind the eight ball on this, behind the curve, and they're not really uh, they're not even keeping up with other counties when it comes to getting the money and getting the FEMA's all lined up. Um, it's um, it's quite something to see the the the, the lagging lagginess of this county compared to the other counties, um, and then. Um, the, the biggest threat to rural roads in Alameda County is actually State Route 239, a proposed freeway out there by Mountain House uh, that Caltrans wants to pave over a lot of rural, uh, semi-agricultural, semi-prime land. What, how do you, you, you know about prime. It's very debatable. And then uh, the water. Um, there, those uh, Arroyo Valle is... Uh, is collapsing. I don't know. Some of you might own land right next to that those arroyos, and uh, the the bank collapses are are pretty bad. So uh, get your your bank collapses onto their map, Zone Seven map, and also the that giant uh, dam, uh, Lake Del Val. Uh, people like to say that they're releasing water from there because they don't want it to overflow and it's it's got to top off, and that's not correct. The thing is being run half full. And there's a 200-page report from Zone 7 to support this claim that I'm making. That thing runs half full. There's a lot more storage capacity. It's not being operated for storage. It's being operated for other things like flood control and God knows what. It is not running anywhere near full. So you can store a lot more water there, but uh, people have chosen not to. Thanks. Thank you, Mr. Abreu, for your comments on rural roads and water, both of which are indeed important. Any others, Liz? There are no more raised hands. Okay, we'll close the public forum and we'll open item number six, review purpose, powers, and duties membership and the meeting schedule uh, with uh, Liz and Chair Wente. And uh, Chair Wente will take the lead with your blessing on this one, Liz. And may I have, yep, I already have the opportunity to share my screen. So thank you, Liz. And bear with me. So meeting schedule. So we've already gone over this. And there we are. Okay, is my screen visible? Yes, it is. 
Okay, so this is what was discussed uh, a priori on the last item of the meeting date and currently that meeting time at 3 p.m. And we are holding uh, both a 3 o'clock and a 7 o'clock. Um, are there any concerns with this meeting schedule as lit? I mean, as this has been effectively formalized and in place with the only unknown of location, hybridization, and the time at 3 o'clock versus 7 o'clock? I will make a note that in the background, the chair did receive comments that why are you limiting this group to only three o'clock or seven o'clock PM? And what if you chose another time? There could be even a higher, uh, a higher participation understood and acknowledged. However, uh, you know, there's, there's only so many options we can go with, but I will continue to work with Liz with the goal of being the highest functioning committee that we can be um, and with the right locations, the right times. Mr. Moore. Carl, without hitting my calendar on, are all these dates on uh, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday? What, what, what's the day? Tuesday. They're, fourth they're Tuesday. The, the, the fourth Tuesday of every month. Okay. Which, which has been the, the traditional meeting day for this committee. Right. I just wanted to address what we're going to go back to. I, I sit on the um, uh, fair board and we meet also on Tuesdays. But it's, it's We've made it thus far on the Tuesdays and uh, would have a strong preference towards keeping what has been working to a degree. That being said, yes, fine. willing to remain open. Any other comments, questions on this piece? Okay, so we have some alignment there, Liz. You feel we're good in terms of uh, moving forward per the previous agenda item. Next, uh, purpose, powers, and duties. And uh, I'm going to open a, another one. Purpose, powers, and duties of the AAC, and this one is very important of to make sure that we are fulfilling our duty. And ultimately, the purpose is, is to act, the purpose of this committee is to act as a technical advisory panel of experts to the Board of Supervisors and to other public agencies, including cities, districts, on matters involving the economic enhancement of agriculture and environmental conservation on applicable agriculture lands in Alameda County, and to implement the requirement of Measure D, that should be Measure D 2000, which it says later, um, adopted by the electorate of Alameda County in 2000, calling for the periodic convening of an advisory panel of experts to make recommendations to enhance the economic viability of agriculture and ranching and to minimize environmental impacts. Our membership, regular members, shall be technical res representatives of the profession or field and advocates for economically and ecologically viable agriculture and open space in Alameda County. They shall demonstrate expertise by documented work in their field of expertise by professional association and or by academic achievement. Powers and duties. The leadership shall, uh, and I have this Zoom stuff in front, shall provide leadership direction in formulating policy relevant to, I can't see through what it says on my Zoom screen, advise the planning commission, the board of supervisors on applicable planning, zoning, and development proposals in agricultural areas of Alameda County. Make recommendations to enhance economic viability of agriculture and to minimize undesirable environmental impacts. Provide active participation and leadership in the development of an open space preservation plan and promote agricultural community involvement 
in the plan. Undertaken direct special studies funded through Alameda County relating to preservation and economic enhancement of agricultural lands, protection of soils, plants, wildlife, habitat, water resources, property taxation, and the determination of compatible uses, among other topics. Participate periodically in the re review of Alameda County's guidelines for the Williamson Act. Report to the Board of Soups and other bodies as appropriate on effective and proposed on the effects of proposed local, state, and federal legislation affecting agricultural resources. Advise and work with the city, county government, special interest groups, and individuals concerning conflicts between agriculture and urban use and environmental quality. Advise and work with city, county, state, federal special interest groups. Uh, individuals and other entities and district governments concerning open space and program funding. Advise Alameda County departments on the impact of programs affecting agriculture and determine our own work schedule procedures, budgets, uh, rules for the administration of this chapter. You know that your chair likes to bring this one up uh, every time as we go through to make sure fundamentally that we're working, have a structure to support the strategy. And the strategy fundamentally is to execute our purpose, powers, and duties in the name of uh, enhancing agriculture and doing it in an environmental, environmentally sustainable, pragmatic way that uh, takes care of our precious resources. Um, and the membership list with the terms of vacancies. And let me open another. And this will come up in the in the membership committee. However, this one is key. Of we have some uh, some changes in the membership policy that I believe are in front of uh, council, county council, board of supervisors. But fundamentally, we have uh, some folk that we haven't seen in a long time, of uh, nor heard from in a long time. And I think it's time to move on in those regards. And I think we should keep an eye on. The longer term folk, thank you all for the for the years of service throughout, and we should keep an eye on the vacant positions because fundamentally for us as a entity to execute and to fulfill our purpose, powers and duties, the first step is showing up. So again, the profound thanks. To, uh, they're a pretty small group of people that have kept this committee alive to just make sure and formulate that we have a quorum, and I look forward to us working together to look at the to again look as a team at the purpose, powers, and duties, and as a committee at the purpose, powers, and duties, and to think about who are the who are the next round of uh, folks coming in and coming through, um, with uh, the utmost humility and respect to Clayton Koopman and Chuck Moore and uh, and the Sweets. You guys have been holding this forever. I do not want to serve in this role for the same duration that you have, and that's predicated. And you all were doing that because it was just to get a quorum. And I think it is continued to be incumbent upon us to continue to have that outreach and continue to build in these positions so this committee can fulfill what we're looking to get done. Any questions, comments on what's been said thus far on this item from the committee? Hearing none, uh, your chair would very much like to have one-on-one -on -one meetings with everybody committee members and ex officios. I will prioritize committee members for the, for the uh, I won't say obvious reasons, but for reasons of there is a finite amount of time. And I would like to look at uh, 
Tuesday, January 31st, between 12.30 and 3 p.m., as well as all day on Wednesday, February 1st. And all day, I'm a farmer. That means 6 a.m., and I'm also one that enjoys a cocktail, and that means I can run as late as 8, 8 uh, p.m. I have no intention of having a cocktail while I'm conducting these meetings, but at the same time, it's my commitment as a chairman to say that is a big block of time. Between those two days, I can't imagine that everybody will be able to get the one-on-one time during that period of time. And if not, I will look at some other days, but I am very hopeful that we can work in a lot of meetings there. The chair will be posted up at a location in Livermore that works for the coming and going of individuals and will be set up for Zoom meetings for those that do not or cannot or it's not pragmatic to make that trip to Livermore. Um, So with that, I will ask that committee members take the initiative and reach out to me directly and schedule during that time. Jennifer Coney, she already has. She jumped the gun. And uh, I no one, no one is disappointed at overachievers. And she booked, she said, hey, 6:30 on the on the 6:30 p.m. in on virtual on the, the first. So can is everybody else willing to take that initiative to attempt to schedule that time for some one-on-ones about uh about how to put all of our individual superpowers? to work against the committee structures that we have. And so we're all leaning in the most effective and efficient way. And I'll take some head nods or some thumbs up right now. If there's any like saying, yeah, this makes some sense. Um, There's a lot of people off camera. We're not there. And so we'll open uh, Mr. Fredericks to you. Um, Could you repeat the dates again? January 31st and February 1st? Correct. January 1st from uh, 1233. This is on your agenda. Oh. And Good enough. Thanks. February 1st, when when get there. Uh, and February 1st, all day. And uh, thank you. Mr. B. Miller responded in the background and is out of town during those times, but looks forward to scheduling another an incremental time there. Okay, so it, are there any questions and clarifications on that, which is item 6D, the discussion of individual meetings? And is everyone clear on what my objectives would be in spending that time with, with each of you? I'm not hearing a lot of, uh, a lot of feedback, a lot of positives, a lot of negatives. Uh, Karen. I was just going to say that uh, we appreciate your willingness to spend this little bit extra personal um, planning time um, for, and for a chair who's come into the committee without knowing most of us. Um, you know, I, I think this is a, a wonderful thing to do. Thank you. Thank you for the words of support. Jennifer. Yeah, I just want to say thank you, especially as a brand spanking new member. This will be really helpful for me to kind of get to know who's who in the zoo, how I can best contribute, and it'll help me set up the guidelines and what's going on. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Carl. Thank you for your prompt response. Mr. Fredericks. So I'm going to bounce the question back to you then, is what are you trying to get out of this? Um, of these I'm trying meetings. to get to know where the best places that we can put, and I'll use the word superpowers, uh, for each individual and that we are not all the same and where you would want. You've chosen to sit on this committee and on this committee and the chair has a very strong drive that every single member of this committee 
shall, now I can't make that ruling unanimously, but I am afforded reasonable powers by the constitutional structure here, uh, that each individual should serve on a subcommittee. So we're able to keep moving this forward across the various touches that we have in the promotion of agriculture. So my goal is to get to know you all better, to be a better chair, to lead the group, and to put the right people using their superpowers, their natural energetic strengths in the right spots to help us fulfill our purpose, powers, and duties. Is that uh, any follow-up questions, Mr. Fredericks, on my re reason? I'm good. Okay, is there anybody, now would be a chance to say, no, I am not aligned with that and I will not do that with you. And I'm okay with that too. Hearing none, I appreciate you all helping to take the initiative and to reach out to throw some of the, to uh, get some time on the books with me. And I look forward to getting to know you all and fundamentally with the goal of being the best chair of this committee that I can be. Thank you. Okay, item 6E. And 6E, in-person strategy planning. And you'll hear me say structured sports strategy. And our strategy is really to fulfill our purpose, powers, and duties. And with that, I would propose, I would very much like to hold an in-person meeting with as many of us as possible. Possibly could do a hybrid as well. And now this is us getting together, breaking bread, having coffee at 9 a.m. in Livermore. Got a beautiful venue where we can host and we can get there and I can serve you a nice warm lunch. But fundamentally for us to talk as a committee and now with this, Liz, I haven't had a chance to tie off, right? I don't want to step in it as it relates to the Brown Act and making sure that we do this appropriately, notifications and the likes. So that is my stated goal, right, is for us to get together and to be able to talk about how we are going to function for the coming year. Because I think we'll give us a pat on the back. We've done a reasonable job, given walked into this mess in the middle of COVID with all of the new people and the likes. But at the same time, there, there's nothing like getting to know people and breaking bread with people. So with that as the desire, Liz, are there any things that I as chair should be aware of or this group should be aware of in terms of executing something like I've laid out? Well, since this is a Brown Act body, um, you would have to limit the, the number of committee members present uh, at the meeting to uh, seven, there, there are 15 members currently, so you need less than half. So you only seven or fewer members could meet together, either in, you know, actually physically in the same room or, or virtually, um, unless you want to uh, notice it as a, a special meeting of the committee, in which case you could have as many committee members as you want. I would like to notice it as an official member because my optimal outcome is 100% are there inclusive of you, Liz, your team, and the ex-officio members. Recognizing that by opening it, this is opening it to the public as well, and I would welcome having coffee and serving lunch to the public that cared enough to show up as well. So I would go in the notification direction, Liz, 
understanding that's more work for you, for us to lay that out, but I'm hosting and taking and, and taking most of the work on the chin, so to speak, if we post it and, uh, and not violate the Brown Act and very public about what we're doing. No secrets here. Just want to be the best committee that we could be. Okay, we can do that. I'll, I'll look at the calendar to make sure that we notice it with enough time to comply with state law. Understood. And before I get to you, Mr. White, if we can't get it done on that date, which is my strong desire to move things forward, the chair, you know, we can reserve the right to choose another date. However, I'm hoping that we could get a fair few people on that date and possibly set up doing another one of these so we can continue to, to be the best we can. Mr. Norton. Hey, thanks, Carl. Uh, I My question was, in regards to having an additional noticed meeting, uh, is it at a, at a different venue? Is it possible that we do that uh, at one of the times of the regular noticed meetings? Because at this point, we're meeting every, basically once a month, which is a, a pretty brisk pace. And uh, and having more meetings on top of that uh, uh, seems like a lot of time. Thank you. Uh, your point is recognized, and I'm going to stick with my plan, realizing that not everybody will show up, but this is about having the human interaction and getting us together. And then so I recognize if... Uh, on like 9 a.m. on a Thursday, like not everyone can get it done. Not everyone wants to get it done. Not everyone will. Um, that said, opening the, my proverbial home to host to try and get us there and very happy to open it to the public. And I think this is what effective committees do in the pre-COVID world at times. And so trying. Now, I understand your point, uh, Jack, of we're not getting paid a lot to do this and sit through this. So uh, how can you add more? Mr. Chairman, and your your uh, question to point is heard. Mr. White. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, just a quick question in regards to Brown Act. I thought last year when I joined, uh, I had a question or something was sent out in regards to Brown Act training. And then upon follow-up, my follow-up with Liz, um, Liz, you shot off to all of us that because we're an advisory committee, we are not subject to Brown Act. And um, has that changed or does that still stand? No, you're subject to the Brown Act. Um, you don't have to do um, ethics training. Or... Oh, sorry, ethics training. That's right. Yeah. I stand corrected. That's what it was, the ethics training that it was tied to. Um, so I'll, I'll withdraw the question. I knew there was something that I thought it was Brown Act that it was tied to, but it's the ethics training. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Norton, your hand's still up. Hand is down. Uh, by a show of uh, a thumbs up, how many people might give, a, give an old college try for the in-person strategy session on Thursday, February 2nd at 9 a.m. Mr. Fredericks, thank you. Mr. Hoppies, thank you. Uh, Karen, I'm assuming you raised your hand. Mr. B. Miller, no. Jennifer, yes. Chuck, yes. Millie, yes. Mr. Campos, yes. That's that's half a chance in moving in that direction. So with Liz's blessing uh, and uh, properly through the Brown Act uh, 
postings, going to hold that date and follow up on any further details. Mr. Norton. Hey, sorry. I just, I don't have any videos, so I, I, I may be able to attend. I, I wanted to voice my, my, uh, possibility of attending. I would like to, certainly. Understood. Thank you. Okay. So with that, uh, and then now current and past membership structure, there was, I believe, item 6F that was part of your committee packet about 30 minutes before the meeting. I sent a addendum to Liz, which could not make it out. Liz, am I welcome to open my addended item 6F for this discussion? Yes. Okay, so this is addended item, addendum to item 6F, and this is just ongoing with the uh, with the current and past uh, committees. Current, we have the executive committee chaired by myself with Dr. Goslin, Karen Sweet, uh, Amos White, Michael Fredericks. We have the membership committee chaired by Karen Sweet. Uh, Karen, remind me who is on that committee, if you would, please. I believe that was, uh, it was Amos and Ron Benetton. Um, I think that was it. No, and oh, Mike Fredericks. Yeah. Okay, and with Mr. Benetton leaving to address Ag Enhancement Subcommittee is uh, led by uh, Mr. B. Miller with uh, Dr. Goslin and Mr. Campos. Is that correct, Jerry? Yes, sir. Okay, and then we have the Equine Permit Streamlining Committee, uh, chaired by Dr. Goslin, and uh, Kimbrough Moore and Sheila Berry. Is this aligned? Dr. Goslin or is anybody? I can't see faces when I'm sharing screen. Well. Chuck, did you affirm that that feels right? It feels right to me. Yeah, Larry's here for a moment. That That is correct. Okay, and then we have the trails subcommittee chaired by Larry. And, uh, the chair, yourself, Carl Wente, has does not like the same person chairing multiple committees, thus looked to combine equine and the trails subcommittee. I believe we sort of had that happen, but Dr. Goslin said no, emphatically no, they are two separate committees and should be treated as such. Is that a fair representation, Dr. Goslin? Yes, it is. And uh, within the trial subcommittee, we're discussing uh, leadership coming in to replace me as chair, uh, but there's a learning curve because most of the participants are non-AAC members. Understood. So thank you for that because the chair... Uh, frowns deeply upon multiple chairs of subcommittees from the same person. So I, I appreciate you look, I appreciate the work that you do as as much or more than anybody on this committee, Dr. Gosman. So thank you for that. Um, and with that, you'll be looking at that trails committee evolution could look like. Currently, I don't know if you can see the list, but I've taken looking at my notes, Dr. Gosman, Millie Kimbrough, Jan Palachek, Mickey Rank, Dave, Dave Lunn, Steve Dunbar, and Simran Thrind. That's correct. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And Millie Kimbrough, are you still with us? Do you have anything to add to either of those? And uh, nope. Looks good. Okay. 
and then our urban ag uh, chaired by Mr. White and Mr. White. Remind me who else is that? I believe Mr. Benetton, who's no longer with us. Uh, who else did you have on that one? <clears throat> Thank you. Um, that would be yourself, um, Larry Goslin, um, Rob Benetton was on there, as well as, oh, sorry, pull up my committee list. Chuck, or not Chuck Moore, sorry. Mr. Campos? Campos, yes. And um, um, that's standing in terms of standing committee members. Okay, so that your your chair will officially take himself off of this committee. Love, look forward to continuing to be informed against it, but shall not be a member of the standing. Okay, now Measure D subcommittee. Mr. Moore, did we officially dissolve that or does that one still exist in your recollection? Uh, I believe that committee no longer needs to exist. Uh, Measure D was a ballot issue. Uh, we fought 12 years to get it on the ballot and, uh, and we're successful. And I, unless somebody wants to um, meet, um, I, I guess once Liz explains how it's going to be implemented or rolled out, I think that's um, pretty much wrapped up and done. Okay, does anybody else and does anybody else have any comments on the Measure D subcommittee? The chair who does not like to make motions will make a motion to formally dissolve this committee and we can re put together something to uh, to support the implementation language going forward, but I would like to officially dissolve this one and so moved by the chair. Second. Second by Mr. Moore. Can we have a roll call, please? Discussion. Discussion. And public comments. Go ahead, Mr. White. Yeah, I would just like to say if um, somewhere we could keep or get um, as this, hopefully, um, not hopefully, but if, if and as this does end up being dissolved as a committee, um, I'd like to somewhere have... Um, a regular staff report on legislation or ordinances, um, both that um, of agricultural or urban agricultural or peri-urban peri agricultural uh, interest um, be tracked and monitored and just reported to this committee. Um, I think that, I think that, um, um, somehow we should be um, responsible for, if you will, or the the um, stewards of the Measure D, um, as we did, uh, or members of this committee did um, help uh, create it um, with a particular intent as related to this committee's work. Um, and with that regard, should be um, either monitoring um, both it in its administration and or any other ordinances or legislation, and therefore not trying to create another committee, such as a legislation or committee or whatnot, but do think that um, somewhere, if and as any ordinance or legislation related to one, Measure D or other, it should just be reported to and reported out by staff um, to the committee at our meetings. Acknowledge, heard. Thank you, Mr. White. Mr. Moore. Yeah, um, just a, a note for Mr. White. Um, measure D was drafted primarily by the Sierra Club, and it was a ballot measure. 
back in 2002. And it had a whole lot of language in Measure D that had to do with the rural lands, whether canyon lands, were primarily driven by um, North Livermore. And it uh, encompassed the entire unincorporated county. So um, it wasn't drafted by this committee. The, uh, um, the adjustment to Measure D was worked on by this committee and supported by the Board of Supervisors to get on the ballot. Um, and it had public input from the entire community. Um, I, I would suggest that um, certainly if there's an issue within what's going on in Measure D is uh, futuristic changes might need to be done. Um, it's certainly a, a conversation piece, but um, if Liz has been really good about keeping the um, uh, group informed on any legislation that's coming about that affects agriculture. Um, so uh, I, I don't see a reason to keep this committee alive um, other than if you want to have a legislative committee that um, would work with the Board of Supervisors on any legislation or things like that, then that would be um, certainly a different direction. But, um, uh, so, amen. Thank you, Mr. Moore. Thank you, Mr. White. I agree with both of you all. Looking to close, dissolve this Measure D committee, but on some level, the chair has every intention of having a ongoing discussion about the needs of what subcommittees we should have. And I do, in my mind, land use legislation, like land use upcoming, there's something there. General plan update, we want to be ready to respond as it comes. Advocacy and outreach, like there's other places where I believe like we should have. So for right now, the discussion is there's a motion on the table to dissolve the Measure D subcommittee effective today, motion and a second, um, and just doubling down, there will be a discussion of future needs of the committees that serve, because this is about structure, to support our strategy, and our strategy is about our purpose, powers, and duties. Further discussion on the motion, a second on the table. Hearing none, open up the public list, please. Okay. And there are no raised hands. Thank you. Roll call. Jerry B. Miller? Approved. Chuck Campos? Approved. Michael Frederick? Approved. Uh, Larry Goslin? Yes. William Hoppies? Approved. Millie Kimbrough? <coughs> Approved. Jennifer Coney? Approved. Clayton Copeman? Approved. Chuck Moore? Yes. Jack Norton? Yes. Daryl Sweet? Yes. Karen Sweet? Yes. Uh, Amos White? Yes. And Carl Wendy? Yes. Okay, the uh, decision is unanimous. Perfect. Thank you. And then chair is unsure. The solar subcommittee, Karen, I believe we chose not to dissolve this, even though there is ongoing work and it's really owned by, uh, by Mr. Lopez, by the planning staff, not, not owned by us, but we still have this committee outstanding. Would like to have that same discussion on the need for us to have this standing committee and uh, your thoughts, please. Yeah. My thought is, is sort of similar 
in that uh, we don't know really when or what is going to come back to us. I may not, I presume they're going to ask for our feedback and we'll have an opportunity to do that. However, we don't really know how soon and when. So I'm thinking we should keep the committee, but I would prefer and ask um, Jack Norton if he'd be willing to be chair. Uh, understood. Uh, before we go to you, Mr. Norton, Mr. White. Yes, thank you. Um, I'd really like to see this um, committee um, be retained. I sincerely believe um, with the climate imperative, um, not even before us that we are currently in, that um, this particular committee um, as a strategy, if you will, um, is and will become even increasingly more important um, in our county, especially as linked to and driven by ag um, in agrivoltaic um, um, models, um, which um, I won't extol the benefits of, but I do believe the committee, um, this committee, um, should have voice um, and not just be monitoring this, but helping to um, drive this and push this forward um, as a uh, strategy and a, um, a very viable climate solution. Thank you. Any comments on that comment, Karen? No, and, and presuming that agrivoltaics will be approved by the Board of Supervisors, I, don't di I do not disagree. Okay, uh, Mr. Norton, I believe Karen, because following through on the fact that your chairman does not want to have the same sub chairman of the subcommittee by two people. And Karen gives as much as anybody on this committee in terms of the time has asked you to chair this committee, Mr. Norton, what say that? Well, um, I want to say first that I really appreciate Karen's, uh, Karen's, uh, wish that I take over and, uh, and I appreciate her encouragement my activity within the AAC in general, which some of you might not want to know about. So I want to say thank you, Karen. I do appreciate it. Um, and I am happy to chair this committee. Um, I don't, I'm worried that I won't do it the same, the same justice that Karen did because she did an excellent job. And so I, uh, I'm more than mildly intimidated by that, but uh, I'm happy to try Thank you. We don't need a motion. Your chair has the power to make that change. Jack Norton is the chair of the Solar Subcommittee. Karen Sweet, you choose to remain on this committee. Uh, Mr. Chairman, the other committee members that we helped to get us this far were Chuck Campos and Larry Goslin as well. I don't know if they want to continue or not. First question to you, Karen. Are you willing to continue on this committee? Sure. Thank you. Dr. Goslin. Yes, I'm willing to read continue. Okay, similar to how the chair has concerns about having the same person chair multiple subcommittees, the chair has concerns about how much time Dr. Goslin has as he spread across all of these subcommittees. The chair appreciates Dr. Goslin's commitment and desire to sit and get things done. Remaining on this subcommittee, by all means, your historical knowledge and your being part of this process for the last 20 years uh, pays dividends and that knowledge worth its weight in gold. I would like to publicly state that concern. If I see Dr. Goslin's name in every subcommittee, 
the chairman tells himself he might not be doing an effect as effective a job as possible. So I look forward to having ongoing conversations with you, Dr. Goslin, as time is finite. And uh, without oversharing, Dr. Goslin, you regularly, when you and I have meetings in person, you share your age and you share about how you're <laughs> any younger and you're not getting more energy as we go. And that's with humility and respect. I want to say your success as well. So uh, you remain on this committee. I just, uh, I, I have concerns about how spread thin you might be. Yeah, and this, certainly we can discuss this in our face-to-face. -face. It'd be great. Understood. Mr. Campos, are you willing to still remain on this? Yes, I am. Okay, important. thank you. Mr. Fredericks, your hand is up. I've been very involved with this subject, and I would like to serve on the committee if possible. I love it, and I will add your name to it. I would love to hear if anybody has a reason why that does not make sense. No, I, I'd, I'd love more members of the committee personally. Perfect. Thank you. No motion is needed on that one. The chair is unsure. If dissolved, this moves up, and uh, I will share this document with the committee and uh, the public as needed via Liz. Going forward, dissolved or Measure D. Ecosystem Services, SB 1383, there is this ag, ag infrastructure, also sort of phrased as Measure D feedback industry groups. These were the SWOT analysis led by Mr. Moore. They have since been dissolved. Uh, Mr. Fredericks, your hand is still up. Is there anything? Oh, sorry, sorry. No worries. Mr. Moore, your hand. I was going to suggest that a lot of this can be discussed at your SWOT meeting that you're talking about. It's because it really had to do with what uh, a direction uh, we That's should be right. taking on items. Yeah, I believe you said, and your microphone is not the best in-house, and so I encourage you to speak close to it when you get there. But I believe you said a lot of this can be discussed at the strategic planning meeting that we're looking to have. Correct. And that is why, uh, coincidentally, your chair is looking forward to having these meetings uh, in order to continue to do this. So, yes, you're correct. In the meantime, the chair has every intention of continuing some discussion right now. Anything else, Mr. Moore? Nope. Okay, so dissolved. This is not meant to be a 100% comprehensive list of those that have been dissolved because this has been going on for a long time. So um, we go. Possible needs. So now we're going into parts of the document. This is only Carl Wente, your chairman, putting down possible needs. And one of them, well, as a possible need, and this is for discussion, was land use subcommittee. And really, this could be land use slash legislation, right, like uh, Mr. White said. That's subcommittee, right? And now I threw out some of the, we have land trust, agritourisms, uh, ag economics, RCD, water ecology. And really, this, you know, the ECAP measure D, measure D, how it's flowing through, Calls out Livermore, uh, calls out North Livermore, South Livermore, Pleasanton, Ridgeland, specifically called out sphere of influence. You know, this is my own question. Do the cities have, like they're governed by LAFCO? Then there's open space diagrams, land use designation. Then there's the building code zoning ordinance and the city ordinance that impact, uh, that impact, excuse me, correcting as I go. Um, measure D, this, the, you know, the scenic corridor spheres of influence. And then there's this code alignment definitions and clarification. So this is my notes only. And the discussion I'd like to have right now amongst this committee are what do we see 
as possible future subcommittees that will help us on our purpose, powers, and duties. And your chair is saying land use legislation, another one, uh, uh, GPU, general plan update subcommittee on standby as we get into ROSA, some of the other items. Liz, I know that's not a perfect representation of what comes through for the for the general plan update, and I do have better notes you have given me. And another one is advocacy, outreach, and collaboration. Um, and so those were the three ideas that your chair had. And so right now, I'd like to open the floor to our committee, to this committee, for ideation about those subcommittees that will help us fulfill our purpose, powers, and duties. Mr. White. Yeah, um, with all due deference, I'd like to, if you don't mind, uh, Chair, um, hear from staff um, who staffs more than just one committee or commission um, um, on their um, opinion and assessment of what might be um, a committee recommendation or committees to recommend given our um, direction of what work we're currently doing, um, its trajectory, and what committees we have to serve that, um, to what perspective um, um, work we have here on the horizon, and and what committee structure um, that may be missing in terms of recommended committee names and how that um, how that would be, what they might recommend, if the chair pleases. And the chair pleases uh, 110%. Thank you, Mr. White. Please lower your hand if you are complete. Liz, I think he asked a great question, and uh, with more time in life, I would have spent more time with you already because at the end of the day, I want to be an effective chairman for you and what we collectively as this government need to get done, and so welcome your feedback and future feedback, not prepared right here, right now, about the committee structure that's to be set, to be set up that best serves. So if you don't mind, Liz, would welcome your thoughts and input. Um, well, I, I, I guess I don't have a, a lot to say just off the top of my head. Um, I, in terms of the, um, the, the, the lower list, um, having to do with the general plan um i i think a lot of these things can be could be addressed by your existing subcommittees um for example there's already the urban farming subcommittee that that could take food security um as a, an additional topic if if you want to um i i think the 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 subcommittees are would be largely dis, uh dictated by what you as a committee want to do um i go ahead liz i think there might be some uh, uh you 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 might want to be aware of possibly spreading yourselves a little thin um, with having, you know, the, a large number of subcommittees, uh, as you mentioned, you know, all, all of these take time for committee members to attend. Um, and also, I know you're all 
tired of me saying this, but we we still have very limited staff capacity given the the number of or the the limited number of staff we have and the the number of um, uh, important projects with uh, statutory deadlines that we have to complete. So um, you know, maybe this could be seen as you know a, a longer range view. Um, depending on how much uh, staff time you're you're seeing um, that would be needed to move forward the, the work of these subcommittees if you were to form them. Uh, loud and clear. So I thank you, Liz. I think two two facets of that or, you know, one is you're not totally sure in terms of that horizon going forward. And uh, Mr. Chair here would encourage you to continue to think about that as we look towards the future and won't take the answer right now. Number two is don't spread yourself too thin. There's can get done. And again, I say uh, facetiously and euphemistically, like not paying these folk on the committee enough to show up, you know, to show up 10 hours a week because we're not making any money. We are volunteering our time for that. So don't spread yourself too thin. That was heard. Number three is pursuant to the purpose, powers, and duties, pursuant to what we're looking to get done, I have every intention of putting myself backed, I'm not sure how, as the chairman or as a citizen in front of the board of soups, don't know, in front of however the structure works to say, Part of structure to sports strategy is if like if you're you and your team, Liz, are under resourced to the degree, like let's us resource against it because this is legislated in our constitution, right? Our constitution is the US Constitution, the California State Constitution, the general plan of Alameda County, the uh the area plans of Alameda County, and so on. So I hear you on it. That staffing piece is something I intend to take head on because I realize what is being laid out here gets to the point. It's, at some point, warrants a full-time staff, nothing but the AAC, if we're going to continue to go down this road. And if not, then let's not pretend that we're fulfilling our purpose, powers, and duties at the same time. So I understand what you're saying, Liz, and I'm going to take it head on. And I'm going to push that envelope because I believe in good government, and I believe this is what serving in the duty of this chairmanship as laid out by the purpose, powers, and duties of the legislation. I don't expect I'm going to win overnight, Liz, but I just want you to know that I hear you loud and clear is that you can only get so much done under this current context. Okay, sounds good. It's all I can do, but you have my commitment. I shall not be silent about things that matter, and I believe this matters. And if not, what are we doing here? And uh, yes, we can pare back, and yes, we can do all those things, but no, that's not what the legislation calls for. That's not what the initiative calls for. That's not what our constitution calls for, which is our, again, I've laid them out. So shall persevere and uh, probably take some lumps along the way as I learn, but at the same time, this is an experiment in this precious constitutional democratic republic of the people, by the people, and for the people. So, Mr. Chuck Moore, your hand is raised. Yeah, just to, thank you, Carl. 
Uh, just a couple of things. Um, one, I think we can go further with get, helping with staffing. Uh, we now have a third supervisor that would tend to vote uh, more towards agriculture. Uh, we work very hard to get this third supervisor in place. And um, Lena has uh, clearly stated that she will support agriculture. And so um, it might make some of the things that we had challenges with in the past because we needed three votes. Uh, certainly we have uh, Dave Halbert and Nate Miley. So I, I, I think we have a, a very promising future on the legislative side within our county. Um, I noticed on your list here, there's one item on there that I see that is a huge item. And um, I, I keep hearing people from RCD and, and things, what can we do to help agriculture? Well, one item on there is water. We all know North Livermore struggles with water. If we could somehow push the uh, reclaim water system and get it through North Livermore and also, uh, I know Zone 7 is struggling with issuing permits, and they're talking about metering water. And I think um, if we um, pay close attention to this um, and not let things slip under the uh, uh, carpet on us, um, uh, we could probably address some of this head on. So I, I would suggest that uh, water management um, certainly be highlighted because I don't think anything in agriculture exists without water. And, and I'm, clear. A water world, I'm a water well driller and I see a lot of this stuff firsthand coming. And the, the, you know, to your point, the North Livermore intensive agriculture area, that plan was predicated on water. That plan has not come to fruition that, you know, that plan is not going to come to fruition with just rainwater. Right. Yeah. And then, so you're absolutely right. And that water piece of it is a large piece. We do have on our, on our committee of water, water resources, water ecology and the likes, and like to continue to put those folk to work against what we're talking about here. Elkie, I believe here, and if I didn't say that perfectly correctly, your name, like we have a zone seven represent representative here as an ex officio, right? And to get more involvement there as well, because it is, predicated on water. Our intensive agriculture is predicated on water in this area, right? In this high, this, this golden hill, this golden hill grassland, right? It is predicated on water. Mr. Moore, your hands up. Anything else? Nope. I just wanted to highlight that and see what we could do to... Uh, Understood. Thank you. The sweet household. This is Karen. I was just going to suggest that this list would be a good one to have in front of us at the strategic planning session that you're holding on uh, February 2nd, and that the, that the planning kind of informed this list. Amen. And all I'm doing is greasing the skids as your chair and to try and drive desire for people to show up at this. <laughs> Absolutely. Not looking for a motion and to get another subcommittee set up right now. I am looking to wet our thirsts in terms of having the right discussion and having the right outreach and uh, to get the right people in the room, right? And at the end of the day, uh, Mr. Hoppies, I've talked about, I look, can't wait to sit down with you. Uh, Miss Cooney, brand new, can't wait to sit down with you. Like how to let's like put me in code, ready to play. I hear you on, we can't do too much, but at the same time, if we do too little, shame on us. Because 
We are a body that's legislated by Measure D, 2002, init 2000, 2000 initiative that amended ECAP. That amendment of ECAP in 2002 was formally adopted by the Board of Supervisors, and this was to promote agriculture, to save our agriculture, to make it work. So I, at the same time, I am reticent as your chair to sit back and say I'm willing to take doing too little as an outcome. So, Mr. Ms. Sweet, Karen, heard loud and clear. This is what I want that offsite to be about. Mr. B. Miller. Uh, yes, I just wanted to chime in. I, I'm a uh, hundred percent behind you, Carl, in in, uh, in what you're suggesting here. I'm unfortunately out of the country, as I text you from uh, next, from this Thursday to the sixth of February, so I won't be able to attend any of these things, but. Uh, uh, I think the land use, uh, in the, the legislation subcommittee is, is very important. And if, and if we need to, to somehow or another convince the supervisors to add somebody on staff that's really ag centric, I think that would be to our benefit as well and something that I would support a hundred percent. Uh, I also think a lot of this is in and around ag enhancement, which is what I'm trying to chair, but also, a lot of it is... Uh, hey, excuse me, Mr. Campos, anybody else that's not muted right now that has any background noise, please mute yourself. Go ahead, Mr. B. Miller, I apologize. Yeah, a lot of this falls into the ag enhancement piece uh, that, I, that, we're, that we're working on, and we've spent quite a bit of time with it on the, in the last month, but it's, it's complicated and it involves a, a lot of uh, nuance and, and, uh, and legislative kinds of things which are not necessarily my forte <laughs> but uh i, I think it really de demands a lot of work and, and and a lot of attention going forward yes sir uh loud and clear and it it is right and especially with the passage of of 2022 measure d right it's just another piece of it that and it's not simple and you know lord knows i'm a I, I love to read and I'm uh, weird enough that I'll choose to read ECAP and I'll choose to read the language of the Measure D in verse two and the likes that goes through, but it is not a simple, um, a simple equation. So, and yes, that is so much of it is ag enhancement in terms of committee. So certain amount of like, do we need another subcommittee? No, it could fall under yours, but this is more to me than just ag enhancement, but it is in the direction of ag enhancement because that's what we do. And at the same time, I've made a commitment to helping that ag enhancement subcommittee because it is the mission of what we do is to enhance agriculture and preserve. And I haven't helped you enough, Mr. B. Miller, in my mind. I want to help more, but at the same time, it's making sure that we're laying out what this looks like as effectively as possible. Okay, so now in order to bring this to a close, because uh, as Mr. Moore said early on, you packed in a lot on this agenda, young young kid. And I said, yes, sir, and I'm doing my best to keep it moving and flowing. Right now from this committee, does anybody else have any other possible, and again, your water is there and heard Mr. Moore, any other subcommittees that are flowing through their head? Okay, none for right now. We are at the end of item six. 
Liz, I believe we have opened this item to the public uh, as effectively as we need to, given what we just got done. Let's open it to the public once more on item six before we close it. Okay. Uh, there are no raised hands. Okay, actually, your chair is sheepish. He's going to keep scrolling down. I would like, and we will discuss this further, but every subcommittee would like to have a charter. Okay? If we're going to have a subcommittee, we have a charter. That charter, it's a reason for existing. Why are we here? Envision 2027. What's the desired outcome for this committee's work by 2027? Goals and strategies for 2023. What do you want to get done in 23? How do you plan to get it done? Potential challenges. And then the committee membership and outreach organizations. So this is something that's coming our way as I am the chair and I am afforded a certain amount of powers in this. But for us to have subcommittees, we're going to put pen to paper. Or we're not going to have the subcommittee. Why? What do you envision in five years? What do you want to get done this year? What are your challenges? With whom do you want to work? Okay, I will share this going forward. So I think we might need an advocacy outreach and collaboration subcommittee, and I just did it hypothetically. Reason for existence, to ensure the AAC is highly collaborative, informed, effective, efficient, and responsive. Envision 27, what's the desired outcome? The AAC is seen as a trusted and collaborative body working to enhance the economic viability of agriculture and environmental conservation and resource management. Goals. What do you want to get done in 23? Example, established committee, membership charter, meeting cadence, establish and attendant, establish a matrix of the AAC members and their additional boards, roles, committees. Establish who is authorized to speak on behalf of and who is a member of. Just Carl Wente's words, chairman's examples. Potential challenges, number of volunteers showing up. Membership and outreach, and we get after it, right? The current membership is AAC, yes, no. Ex officio, yes, no. The AA position, what do we do? The role in the committee. Each position, each, each subcommittee should have a chair, a vice chair, and a secretary. You know, the, they could be some of the same people, but again, we're moving it forward. We're having the monthly updates. And then you talk about who you want to who you want to work with. And this is just me now listing that outreach and collaboration. This is not meant to be extensive, but just to show the need for why this might happen. So now with this, I'll look to close. But that said, committee chairs, are you aligned with putting pen to paper in the direction of having a committee charter? Committee chairs, I will go through. Chair, Executive Chair Wente, are you aligned? Yes. Membership Chair Sweet, are you aligned? Yes. Yes, yes. Membership Chair B. Miller, are you aligned? Yes, sir. Membership Chair Dr. Goslin, are you aligned? We'll move on to trails. Membership, Chair Dr. Goslin, are you aligned? Saw him come off of mute. We'll move on. Membership Chair, Mr. White, are you aligned? Yes. New Membership Chair, Mr. Norton, are you aligned? 
Um, with the with the idea of making a charter, yeah, yeah. That's all we're talking about. The charter is keeping it simple. Reason for okay. existence, envision the future, goals and strategies for this year, challenges, and then who you want to work with, who you want as part of the committee. Nothing more than that, but it does take putting pen to paper. So those that said yes, you all agreed to put pen to paper to come back to this committee. And your chair has every uh, every uh, every uh, intention of holding us accountable for that. Okay, thank you all. With that, officially closing item. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Blair or connection, but you know what? Something I'd like to add to this is that uh, the chairs or the committees consider consistency with Measure D and NCAP, ECAP as part of their work? Um, that's, you, you, it's not the appropriate time to maybe throw that at it. I think at the end of the day, Measure D 2000 and Measure D 2022, we can no longer say Measure D without, special, without uh, specifying which one we're discussing. And everything we should do should be in alignment with that. That said, I think we should have more specificity against it in terms of our committee structure going forward. So, uh, Mr. Goslin, I don't want to cut this one short. I believe I understand the essence of what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm not looking to change what's been said already. Okay, aligned. You can get into the dead spot. <laughs> Thank you. Also, going forward, if you're going to be an active member of this committee, like, please try and get, you know, and I'm traveling a lot and it's not easy. Please try and get yourself in a position where you have the stability of the Internet access such that you can be an active participation without the ins and outs. I appreciate everyone working in that direction. We're never going to be perfect as well. Mr. White, you had your hand up. It's back down. We're moving along. We're closing item number six. Thank you. Item number seven is an update on Measure D implementation by Liz. Yes, uh, I'm sure you're all aware that um, and the uh, November 2022 election, um, Measure D passed by, uh, it, it received almost 70% of the vote. Um, so uh, I think uh, a lot of its success uh, can be um, attributed to your work, uh, all the hours you put into it. Um, so the next steps are that the um, the ballot measure itself uh, inserted some language into um, the uh, the description for land uh, large parcel agriculture and also resource management. And I'm you saw that language on slides many, many times over the, the last couple of years um, when I talked to your committee about that. Um, so what we need to do now is uh, amend both the East County Area Plan and the Castro Valley General Plan to insert those specific sentences um, that were part of the ballot measure uh, into those documents so we can implement them. Um, in addition, uh, you'll also remember that the discussions about Measure D, since the uh, changes uh, changed the square footage 
that would be allowed for uh, agricultural buildings in uh, large parcel agriculture areas. Um, this committee re recommended some uh, a, a definition for uh, ag buildings that was a modification of the definition that appears in the the building code. So the other piece of work that we need to do is um, do a zoning ordinance amendment to incorporate that definition that we talked about before into the zoning uh, ordinance. So that's um, basically the, the most immediate work that needs to be done to implement Measure D. Um, in terms of timeline, um, this is high on our priority list. I don't know exactly when um, it will be done, certainly within the next few months, um, but I can keep you posted as um, we move along. And because the ballot measure received so much attention and was presented at many, many meetings, um, before it was put on the ballot, we're not foreseeing any sort of long um, public process. The, the the language is already decided. The voters decided on the language, so we don't need to go over it again. Um, so we anticipate a, a you know, public process that we need to do to comply with <clears throat> state law, but we, we won't be doing a, a full-on roadshow uh, again because we already did that multiple times over the last few years. Got it. Thank you, Liz. Um, and then as it related to ag building definition, you said some modifications to the building code and the, uh, as it relates to ag building, and then you came back and said, no, you're going to modify the zoning ordinance as it relates to the ag building. So which, where do you expect this change of, for ag building to be codified? And if it's in building, then how does it affect zoning? And if it's in zoning, how does it affect building? It would be, it, it's the building code, it's the definition that appears in the building code with some modifications. Um, and as you'll recall, they, they had to do with um, the, uh, specific references to um, agricultural uses and then and that the building could not be used for social events and, and things like that so it would the the definition starts with the definition that's that appears in the building code and it would add the modified definition to the zoning code so the building code definition would continue to apply to the for for the purposes of enforcement of the building code this new definition would apply uh in in terms of uh implementation of the zoning ordinance so there would be two def two definitions that were would be somewhat different one in the building code and one in the zoning ordinance Understood. Is anybody else confused a little bit? But, uh, you know, so thank you, Liz, as it goes through, you know, and so then what role, if any, should the AAC play? And I'll open the document. This is just your chairman's commentary across it. And, you know, ultimately under Chairman Moore, 
the AAC established Measure D infrastructure subcommittees since dissolved to explore the pain points with Measure D. Chairman Moore requested a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunity, and threats, or general feedback to us, and he established the following groups. Equine, cattle, cannabis, winery, olive oil, microbrewery, agritourism. And then at the same time, there was this overlay of maybe infrastructure, urban ag, urb, or ag housing subcommittee lead was Dr. Goslin. Note at the time, there was also a Measure D subcommittee that we just since dissolved. And there's some ambiguity about the formal establishment of this subcommittee. And I have to be honest that as I was, you know, somewhat new to the committee and the likes, I was a little confused about how all of this works. But fundamentally, doesn't matter because it's about the the work and the leadership of Mr. Moore for getting these committees and laying out, okay, what are the pain points? Pain points were needed infrastructure, agritourism infrastructure to increase D2C business, overnight accommodations, and clear, unambiguous language definitions and interpretations. People have called for a legislative review of Measure D and its subsequent translation, transcription. I don't even know if that's the correct words, interpretation or, you know, or ad- adoption into ECAP and then into the relevant ordinance codes. So the chairman has heard loud and from different sources the need for a legislative review. I don't even know what that is, but Lord knows I've done a lot of research and reading and uh, legal lookups of what a legislative review is and how does that work. The recent passage of Measure D 2022 very much clouds any legislative review here like as it's coming through. And this is the work that Liz is talking about that needs to be done. But this work, like the alignment, the groups have come together. But fundamentally, the AAC, this is only me speaking, but this is what I've heard from the AAC, sees this as an opportunity to make sure that we are working in the definition of the clarification of the code language. The AAC purpose is to act as a technical panel advisor. We've been through that, but our jo- our job is to promote and enhance agriculture and environmental conservation on applicable ag lands. So as such, the AAC has a keen interest in this, right? And then so going forward, making sure that we have sort of a clear and pulling away any ambiguity that comes through so we know what can be done in the name of supporting and enhancing agriculture. Those were my words. Those were not the words of the AAC. I said the AAC has a keen interest and I stopped sharing, but as such, the AAC has a keen interest in the implementation of Measure D 2022. Okay, this point, I would like to take a motion for a resolution to say that nothing more than the AAC has a keen interest in the implementation. And by the way, I say the implementation, it's taking the words of the initiative that went to the vote of the people and passed, and then how you translate that into ECAP and then how that translates into the ordinance code. So in the name of enhancing agriculture and conserving agricultural lands and resources, we have a keen interest in such. Would anybody like to make a motion in that direction? So moved. 
Thank you. Motion by Mr. Campos. Second by Second. Ms. Miller. So this motion is that the, the AAC has a keen interest in the implementation of Measure D 2022 to ensure clarity and lack and removing ambiguity in terms of definitions to uh, uh, as we as we write this into the code. Is that clear enough for a motion, Liz? Um, well, I, I understand the words in the motion. I guess I'm a little confused about what the intent is. Are are you intending to change? No, 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 no. Just support you all the way through. Look not to change anything. You said it well. The road shows have been done. It's all been done. Not looking at changing anything. Just showing our support in this process and fundamentally the the want to remove the ambiguities, right? Anything like what is an ag building? What can you do? Is that you can you store your olive press in the building, but can you press your olive press? Can you store olive oil? Can you store raw olive? Like just that ambiguity across what is an ag building? What is ag, you know, what is agricultural infrastructure? All of those things. So in no means are we looking to slow anything down because we want to keep this moving. Just saying that we, the, the AAC wants to continue to be apprised and updated on the process of implementing that initiative language of 22 into ECAP, into any other of the, well, no, excuse me, into the general plan, into the Castle Valley general plan, into ECAP, wherever else it goes, like that process, we want to be kept close to it. Does the motion does the motion make sense at this point, Liz? Uh, yes. We have a motion and a second. Open for discussion, Mr. Moore. Yes. Um, well, I think it's very important to have this, uh, largely because back in 2012, um, um, uh, Member Goslin and I uh, had a, a dis we we agreed, but the county council agreed but we couldn't get uh, three supervisors to agree on what some of the definition was within Measure D. And um, so I, I think it's really important because it often, when you interpret this is whether you're pitching or catching. If you're one of the guys that wanna get something done and if you're one of the legislators that said, no, you can't do it, that's not the way we'd understand it. I think it's really important to have clarity on some of these um, Buildings like, um, for instance, in an olive uh, area, can can you run the press? Can people work in there? Um, I mean, there's a lot of questions that uh, people are asking about some of the changes that um, were approved. So I think it's um, it's a good idea to look at this. Uh, and I know Larry was really um, re really good at um, digging into it. Um, um, so, and I think Liz has done a masterful job of you know, way it was written and put together. But once again, it's um, some clarity is going to need to be um, put forth. Thank you for your words, Mr. Moore. And again, doubling down, Liz, this this committee, this resolution, no intention of slowing things down, just continue to be abreast in the process of how it goes. Uh, Ms. Cooney. Sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's Coney. Uh, Coney, I apologize. Please, everybody correct me in that regard. So thank you. Apologies. Oh, good. No worries. Um, and I think this is a wordsmithing problem in one level, but on another level, it's don't forget that our role also is to minimize environmental impacts. Because I heard you saying working to enhance agriculture. I just want, we carry both of those equally. And I just want to make sure that in the language, and it's a wordsmithing question, question really, Liz, um, does it also include the minimizing environmental impacts aspect? Thank you. And I would be very much, I'm a very much aligned to that. And the authors of Measure D 2000, like order matters. So I'm not going to step back and say that they're equal because they, somebody chose now, but they are equal in my mind to enhance agriculture and to do it in an environmentally sustainable way that preserves our resources and likes. The authors of that initiative did chosen order on purpose and order matters. So to say that they're equals, I'm not saying that out loud to say like they chose it for a reason. And with that, it's there. So that said, we have parallel duties. One is enhance ag and the other is there's only one earth. There's only, you, you, it's hard to unclean water once it's dirty. There's only one, you know, so we need to take care of these resources for all of the reasons that I think most of us know. So I wholeheartedly agree with what you, Mr. Fredericks. Um, I was wondering, was your intent to submit this to the board of supervisors as a letter? Um, I mean, we, we could pass this, but what happens to it? At the end of the day, sir, nothing, but I'm tired okay. of nothing happening. So now at the end of the day, I don't know what power does this body have? Nothing. We can make recommendations. That's all. The board of soups can do what they want. Everyone can do what they want. So well, could could we submit it to them as a letter, just saying that, you know, much of what you said and that we would appreciate as a board of experts being involved in writing? I think I think go ahead, Liz. No, I guess not. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, again, I maybe it would help if I, I I have the the changes made by Measure D and also the previously proposed ag building definition on some slides um, that I could share just to show you what changes have been proposed. I think there might be a little confusion about what what we're, we as staff are, are proposing to do. You want to share this helpful. right now, Liz? Yeah, if you want to take the time. It, please, please. So, this is um, the the definition of large parcel agriculture that appears in both ECAP and the uh, Castro Valley General Plan. And so the, the language that the ballot measure from November 2020 or 2022 added is just the, the sort of brown colored underlined language. So it just adds 
And in addition to the FAR for non-residential buildings, agricultural buildings, including greenhouses shall have a maximum in intensity of 0 0.025 and covered equestrian riding arenas shall be allowed to uh, a maximum FAR of 0 0.025 with a minimum allowable floor area of at least 20,000 square feet and a maximum allowable floor area of not more than 60,000 square feet. Uh, then for resource management, again, this is the, the description that appears in the East County Area Plan and the Castro Valley General Plan. Um, the, the language that was added to the, um, the resource management designation by the, the ballot measure is just the, the language referring to covered equestrian riding arenas shall be allowed um, uh, a maximum FAR of 0.025, et, et cetera, just uh, the same as the large parcel agriculture designation. Um, And then there's some references to the, the same thing in some of the tables in, in East County Area Plan. So that language would be changed at all uh, in addition just to be consistent. And then this is the agricultural building definition that uh, your committee discussed over the past couple of years. Um, so this was not part of the ballot measure, but um, if since we're expanding the square footage um, that's allowed for uh, agricultural buildings, you know, we we all um, who discussed these changes to Measure D agreed that there needed to be a definition for agricultural building, and this is the definition that was discussed over the last few years and and proposed by <clears throat> this committee. So the, the black text is the, um, the building code definition, and then the uh, underlined sort of brownish text is the, the recommended additions. <clears throat> so it adds some specific references to certain types of um, agricultural products, olives, nuts, hops, wine, et cetera. Um, it talks about um, you know, bins, tanks, barrels, case goods. It says that um, the structure um, shall allow for the processing, treatment, packaging, and storage of agricultural and horticultural products, um, but that the buildings would not be used for social events. So I, I guess, my question would be, I, I had assumed that we would just take this definition forward as an amendment to the zoning ordinance with the general plan amendments. So I guess I'm, I'm looking for some confirmation that that's what this committee wants to do, or do you want to reopen? Confirmed. 
This is what we've decided. This is what we've moved upon. And my only resolution that I was looking for is just keep us close to the process like this. So to me, this coulda, woulda, shoulda just been an attachment to this agenda item to keep us apprised of what's happening. So we know, because when we don't know, we write the own stories in our head. That's exactly what we're looking, what I was looking for. So nothing more than that, because all the work has been done. We just want to stay close to the process. Well, yes, I I always keep this committee informed of anything we're doing that has to do with. No, but then I, I hear what you're saying. And with, with humility and respect, that presentation that you just gave to me should have been part of this agenda packet because that's then keeping us in the loop. That's all I'm asking for, just that ongoing connection across it, right? Because the short memories and how complex all this stuff is. So that's all we're looking for. Okay. Mr. Benetton. Oh, Benetton, your hand is up. Moving along. If, if Liz, you have the power to mute Rob, please do so. Mr. White. Yeah, I was going to say, um, um, just Liz, for a little clarification, you were asking for guidance from us. Um, I do want to, um, I do concur with what Carl said in regards to this being um, um, a, a, a necessary addendum to this current item. Um, and that's what we should be looking for in the future. But I think you had a question specifically in sharing this information, if I'm not mistaken, that you were looking for guidance from us. Specifically, did it have to do with regards to one of the definitions or an action you're looking for? Or did Carl's point answer what uh, your question? Well, uh, honestly, the reason I, well, I, I obviously had the information standing by in, in case anyone needed to uh, be reminded of what the ballot measure said and what the ag definition was. I didn't share it up front because frankly, I thought you had all seen it so many times that you would be sick of hearing me talk about it. Um, I, I didn't mean to, to seem like I wasn't being upfront about it. I had assumed that there wasn't any need to discuss the language any further. Um, that it was done, it had been, at least the, the changes to the general plan had been approved in the ballot measure and we weren't going to talk about changing them. Besides that, you all voted on it, I hope. Okay, so Mr. Benetton, your hand's up. Do you have anything to say, sir? Mr. Moore, you said something. Anything to say? I said, I said the language she presented there was what we voted on and I hope everybody voted. No, resoundingly, yes. All I'm asking for is that update, Liz. Like, it's not self-evident truth to most of us as it goes through. Like, that update was all we need, and we could have shut a lot of this down to say, okay, this is where it is, right? And now, what you're assuming, like, I thought we had voted on it. I thought it was clear. I thought it was there. With people on this committee with whom I'm speaking and members of the public, it's not clear. So even if it's clear to you, right, and you said, I, I thought I had already shared that, 
you've seen the chair's point of view on sharing the purpose, powers, and duties, because Lord knows I know I've already shared that. But it's just sharing again to bring people along. And that's all I'm asking for, because I think that helps to just shepherd it through. Nothing more than that. Don't want to change anything. Don't want to stop anything. Don't want to slow anything down. Just want to keep an eye on that process as it flows. Okay. Makes sense, Liz. Any questions for me? We can obviously take it offline, but I don't want to add work. Just want to, you know, have that share. And a wise person told me once in life, when you're tired of saying it, then the people to whom you're saying it are finally receiving it, right? So saying it once does not always suffice. And so that's just the ongoing share that I'd be looking for. Mr. White. Yes, two things. One, um, I just got a text from um, Rob that his camera and, and whatever is not working, his Zoom's not working. And so I don't know if you can hear me through here, Rob, but I text him to uh, re-log out and log back in. Hopefully that'll work. Um, and a second point, <clears throat> and it, 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 it points back to my previous comment on um, legislative update. Um, Liz, um, all I can say is I, I would never um, get enough uh, um, um, review and update of such a seminal um, piece of legislation um, for one. Um, and two, one that we just worked on in the last election um, in, in, in updating that. So I think, um, um, again, to agree with the chair, um, it would be good to have um, always kind of a, not just in general, a legislative update where things are. But I think, um, chair, if you will, as you've very well organized this meeting today, especially, I mean, all the way down to committee assignments and reviewing what should our structure be to help us be more effective, impactful, and thus efficient. I think also, um, just much like we did at the beginning of last year, should have a couple key things that are shared with us to, yes, keep us mindful of what is Measure D, um, what most recently did um, it, it happen with it from staff, um, a couple key things um, as we do the the Brown Act um, or since we don't need the ethics training, but we do um, certain certain um, um, updates and processes at the beginning of each year. And I think in reviewing Measure D, that should be one of them. I'm a. Uh... I think I recognize what you said, but then became a little confused on the reviewing measure D should be one of them. There's two measure D's and they amended ECAP the likes. And I think just ongoing updates and Liz, again, even if you think you've told us 10 times, it's just that ongoing and it keeps the public at ease. They know what the process is and it keeps us at ease. So not looking for any changes just to continue to be brought along, even if you think you're repeating information that we should have remembered. Okay. Do you have anything else to on that, Liz, comments before we vote on the motion, which is just a resolution to, we take a keen interest in staying informed on this process. No, I have nothing to add. 
All right. It's uh, ambiguous. And Liz, in your mind, I know you think it's not needed, right? But at the same time, we have this, we have a, we have a motion and a second. Keen interest just to keep us appraised, not to change, not to slow down. Okay, let's just manner in the manner of good governance, open it one more time to the public before we do a roll call vote. There are no raised hands. No raised hands. Roll call. Jerry B. Miller. Approved. Chuck Campos. Approved. Michael Frederick. Approved. Uh, Larry Goslin. Yes. William Hoppies. Yes. Millie Kimbrough. Yes. Jennifer Coney. Yes. Clinton Copeman. Clayton, you're there. Come back to Clayton. Uh, Chuck Moore. Yes. Jack Norton. Uh, I'll abstain. Daryl Sweet. Yes. Karen Sweet. Yes. Amos White. Yes. And Carl Wendy. Yes. Motion passed. Thank you. And that was just a resolution. Frederick said to do nothing that holds no weight. And I realize that, but there is symbolism in that we care. We want to be kept close to the process and we don't always understand the process. So thank you. Closing seven, opening eight. This is an update. Their South Livermore Valley area plans plans modifications and their question is this independent parallel to what we just discussed and Liz insight that you have in this would be welcome uh, the the South um, uh, modifications were uh, a, a separate set of um, changes to uh, the general plan that would apply specifically to South Livermore. And I want to add here that the, the, the changes that were made to the large parcel agriculture designation in the ballot measure, the, the additions that I just read to you also apply in South Livermore. So the, the uh, additional square footage for uh, agricultural buildings and uh, horse arenas also applies in uh, the South Livermore areas, the whole East County and, and um, uh, area that, that it uh, changed. Um, there were some additional changes that were um, proposed in the South Livermore area, um, uh, mainly having to do with uh, uh, clustering of development in the South Livermore um, Valley area plan. Um, so those were kind of put on hold while we finished the ballot measure and, and, and got that passed. So the, 
in order to the, the, those changes will be a more involved process. Um, we have some some language to to work out and and some environmental review to do for those changes. So in order to not slow down the um, the amendments I just spoke about to implement the the uh, ballot measure, I would recommend that we move ahead with the ballot measure. Um, uh, on a faster track than the South Livermore uh, plan modifications. Um, we can still move forward with those um, fairly quickly, but I would recommend a separate track for those. Well, it's my understanding that going back to the, I think, the 2021 multiple meetings that you made clear that they would be on separate tracks. So I think we're aligned that they're on separate tracks. And in 2021, you made clear that the the South Valley area plan modifications would go before the ballot amendment, but then the ballot amendment, that initiative came through and the like. So we're clear that they're separate, but you're saying you would recommend that this happens. Is that what is going to happen or what does that statement mean? Is that what the staff is following through on? Does Director Lopez have a point of view on this? What is happening just so I can effectively report back to the constituents that come to me and ask me these questions? Well, what I recall is the original proposal for changes uh, affecting South Livermore were the um, basically what the ballot measure did the uh, uh, allowing the additional 0.025 for um, uh, floor area ratio for agricultural buildings. Um, uh, there were some additions to what was originally proposed for changes uh, having to do with South Livermore. So the- You the said specifically the clustering provisions and other like so. I'm just trying to make clear so I can answer to constituents. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. So, so the 0.025 FAR for ag buildings, as I said, is already done. Um, we do have the additional changes to, um, to do. Um, and it, it, it just, it, it, if we, wait to implement measure D to until we have the, the South Livermore amendments ready to go forward. We're, we're going to slow down everything. Um, Just so we're clear, I have no desire to slow down anything. And I think, right, it was stated that by you at some point that because of the measure, the ballot initiative, Measure D 2022, we are going to do this one first because of the complexity and because that measure, by definition, includes the South Valley Area Plan. However, there's still incremental steps to be taken. So I'm not arguing on your cadence or your like the choice. When I say you, the collective, we're going to get this done first and then go to this. I just... I have a responsibility to be able to answer the question to the constituents that are asking me 
what is the plan of the county for implementing these things? And then, so I think you've answered in that, gonna work on the measure D 2022 implementation first, and then get to the other technical modifications that were, and or, you know, modifications being made to measure D, which are like some of made because of an acknowledged error in the translation from the twenty from the two thousand measure D into ECAP. Right? We have the author of Measure D who has acknowledged, like, yes, that didn't get translated into ECAP correctly. So we're following through on mistakes that were made previously. Thus, you can see why this committee has a vested interest in saying we want to keep a close, you know, we want to keep close to the implementation of the 2022 measure D because we are in the business of promoting agriculture and preserving our environment. And so both of those things are the reasons why. Any, are we aligned on that, Liz, or sort of clarification? Oh, I think that like this committee heard, we're going to measure D first and then go in those South Valley modifications, which is different than what was said in 2020, 2021, and early 22. Understand the reasons why, because a ballot measure of the people holds more weight than a ballot measure of any other kind. I mean, it wouldn't be a ballot measure than an initiative of, right? Of the people, by the people, for the people, the people are the first among equals. And so that's flowing through. And so I understand the reasons why, but again, we just want to stay close to it to make sure that we're doing our job. And, and a big part of it is that before the ballot, before the measure was put on the ballot, the, the CEQA review was done, the, the public vetting was done, all of that is done, and now we just need to do the, the, the much simpler general plan amendments and, and zoning ordinance amendment. Whereas with the South Livermore amendments, there's more work to do in terms of CEQA uh, evaluation and, and you know, coming up with a specific um, wording um, so there's to be done that's understood and in the meantime our agri our agricultural economy is floundering is not growing and is at the precipice of falling off a cliff so I understand what you're saying in the meantime I have a fiduciary responsibility to work to overcome some of these problems because LAFCO provided data. It's clear. UC Davis study provided data. The, the crop reports provide data that we do not have a diverse agricultural economy here in East Alameda County. So every moment that we wait is costing farmers livelihood and is costing crops being pulled out of the ground. So that's, you know, with the essence of uh, how I'm approaching this. I understand if I could do more. I will continue to get you to work everything I can to get you more staff. And uh, I'm not, don't hold your breath as I'm sure you won't, that it's going to do anything, but I am uh 
working on behalf of that. So thank you. Okay, that was item number eight. This was a potential action item. You have some raised hands. Let's open it to the public. David Kent, you can go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I'm David Kent, uh, past chair of the Tri-Valley Conservancy, and have been a wine grower in Livermore for the past 25 years. The voters of Livermore uh, approved the sanitary sewer line extension by a two-to-one margin. The TVC amendments that were just discussed were submitted to county staff nearly one year ago, and they clearly define what the size density and nature of the commercial uses that can connect to the sewer extension are. These amendments are and have been Board of Supervisor ready, do not require further CEQA analysis, and are supported by all the stakeholders in a three-year-long public process. The floor area ratio in Measure D of 2022 and the TVC proposals are not the same. They never have been. Post the November election, all of East County now has a FAR of 0.025, but the TVC proposal is for a 0.035 FAR in the South Livermore Valley area plan only. That does not require voter approval. That can be done by the board. Although still short of Sonoma County's 0.05 FAR, the area plan merits a larger FAR as the impacts of greater wine country development have been anticipated and studied in this precise area and the infrastructure, roads, intersections, and proposed sanitary sewer can better support this level of agritourism than more rural areas of Alameda County. Without amending the area plan, the long-awaited resort hotel is not permitted under ECAP. Program 125 currently allows only bed and breakfasts under 15 rooms, and all lodging must be serviced by septic systems. That's not practical. The TVC proposals remove the 15-room limitation inside the area plan only and simply caps the total number of guest rooms in a resort hotel to 140 to be consistent with the EIR that has already been conducted. The TVC amendments also permit lodging establishments to be serviced by a sanitary sewer, which is not currently the case under ECAP. Further, the area plan currently restricts a resort hotel to a building envelope of just two acres. Similar resorts in Napa and Sonoma are low-slung bungalow-style hotels that sit on six to eight acres. The original Measure D's clustering program 34, when properly reflected in ECAP, can allow multiple two-acre building envelopes be clustered together on a single parcel to enable a proper wine country resort hotel. The TV proposals, TVC proposals contain these critical procedures, limitations, and conditions on how the clustering program can be applied within the area plan, and I urge that it be done immediately and that these be moved forward to the board. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kent. Any others, Liz? Ms. Lori Souza. Thank you. I'm Lori Souza, the chair of the board of the Tri-Valley Conservancy, and thank you for considering this item on your agenda tonight. The TBC provided strong advocacy for Measure D in this past election, and we're pleased to see those amendments will be moving forward. 
And thank you, Liz, for your all your fine work. We believe the amendments we have requested for the ECAP and the South Lumber Valley Area Plan are of equal importance to the long-term health and economic viability of the South Lumber Agricultural Preserve. If we lose this precious opportunity to demonstrate the success of preserved agriculture, we will not get it back. Briefly, our amendments are as follows, and you will find that they are technical in nature, meant to clarify and reduce ambiguity for implementation. For the ECAP, we will ask for a technical amendment to Program 34 to correct a typo, and we'll make it consistent with Measure D regarding clustering. We've asked for adding a definition of subordinate two in policy 81 to reduce ambiguity. We've asked to add two definitions to table one, the county's proposed definition of agricultural building, which will make it wholly consistent with the county zoning code. And finally, a definition to promote, to clarify its meaning in this context and reduce ambiguity. For the South Lumber Valley Area Plan, we asked for a new policy, which provides that agricultural buildings within the South Lumber Valley Plan may have a maximum FAR of 0.035. This implements the proposal from the Board of Supervisors Transportation and Planning Committee documented in a memo on FAR for ag buildings. There are three amendments to Program 125, clarifying that wineries are permitted uses in ag districts and are not conditionally permitted. We ask for an edit to clarify that visitors serving commercial uses that are served by a sewer system are allowed and language to codify the direction from the Board of Supervisors in regards to bed and breakfasts adopted in 2019. And then finally, we ask for a new clustering plan language to help with implementation after the typo to Program 34 is corrected. We urge you please to move on these promptly and use a method that best expedites these amendments. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Souza. Any others, Liz? Yes. Uh, David Epstein. Agricultural Advisory Committee members and county staff, thank you for the opportunity to address the committee today. My name is David Epstein, and I'm the Executive Director of the Tri-Valley Conservancy. As you know, we had proposed amendments to the East County Area Plan and related zoning measures so that the Alameda County Board of Supervisors can ensure that land use regulation in the South Livermore Valley is in alignment with the South Livermore Valley Area Plan and Measure D, and so that the South Livermore Valley can be more economically sustainable for agriculture, that a critical mass of 5,000 cultivated acres be met, and so that a world-class wine country can be established in the South Livermore Valley. The proposed amendments uh, include important items increasing the floor area ratios for ag buildings to a maximum of 0.035 within the South Livermore Valley, a new program for clustering, and a new program related to hemp and cannabis production. The amendments to revise the zoning code can help enable that resort hotel and further define the visitor serving uses. I wanna thank the committee for reviewing the proposed amendments. They're an integral part of the full realization of the South Livermore Valley area plan. Their goals include the success of agriculture and the wine country in the South Livermore Valley. Thank you. There are no more speakers. Thank you, Mr. Epstein. 
So um, it's open could, to the public. Sorry, could I just clarify something? Um, Please. Go on. Um, the speakers mentioned uh, FAR of 0 0.035 for agricultural buildings um, and stated that that was different than what um, was approved in the ballot measure. Um, it, it's actually the same um, that was in the ballot measure because throughout the large parcel agriculture designation, there's uh, 0 0.01 FAR that's allowed for non-residential uses, which include agricultural uses. Um, there was a, a 0 0.025 FAR that was originally allowed just for greenhouses that the ballot measure changed to apply to all types of agricultural buildings. So if you take the 0 0.01 non-residential FAR plus the 0 0.025 FAR that now applies specifically to, to agricultural buildings, that's a total of 0 0.035 FAR. For, that could be used for agricultural buildings. Okay, we're confused, but I'll accept that for now. Uh, Fredericks. Well, I think Liz wanted to say point zero point one, not point zero one. Otherwise, the math isn't. Is that right? 0.01 FAR is what she meant to say. Go ahead, Liz. Yeah, it's 0 0.01 plus 0 0.025. Okay, it's but that's, that's, if that would be correct, it is, then it would be 0 0.26, not, it's got to be 0 0.1, right? 0 0.01 plus 0 0.025. Yeah, but that's not what she said. I you were saying point zero one and you meant to say I believe zero point one. No, the zero point one would be ten percent FAR and that's not Oh, all right. We would we would accept that right away. Anybody, any agricultural okay accept point one anytime, anywhere, Mr. Frederick. So you just all right, sorry, my my fault. Okay, so the complexity, thank you. We had uh, speakers of uh, Mr. Ken, Ms. Souza, and uh, Mr. Epstein, and then that ongoing. Now, I think big, it was, it's clear that the ECAP, ECAP makes clear that the South Valley Area Plan has its own provisions, and the TBC is trying to work through those provisions. And at the same time, we have a overarching ECAP area amendments or initiative to amend ECAP. And so complex stuff all the way through. And I think you, we heard from the, from the TVC standpoint on that, that hopefully we can move that forward as quickly as possible. Liz, I think you just made clear measure D first, and then we'll address that. Um, I would just love to hear you say and acknowledge that the, ECAP very clearly says that North Livermore and South Livermore may have their own provisions. And then so we don't have to keep everything perfectly parallel. I 
uh, well, they, they do have their own provisions in, in ECAP. I, I don't think I was saying that anything needs to be parallel. Perfect. Okay. Um, any other hands up questions on item number? What would that be? That was item number eight. Thanks for the public comments. Thank you, Liz, on that item number eight. Going to item number nine. In accordance with Alameda County Right to Farm Ordinance, um, consider rest to initiate mediation between adjacent neighbor and current applicant owner of a horse board boarding facility um, located at Doolin Canyon and regarding manure disposal, including formation of a subcommittee consistent with general code in section 628.050. There's a fair bit of documentation that was provided on the backdrop for this item. I'll have to admit, as I went through it, I was just trying to figure out what is our what is our role in this, what should our role be, and how do we move this forward. Um, that said, the item was initiated on behalf of Alameda County staff and brought to this committee. And then so with that, like to turn it over to Dr. Goslin, assuming that he is here and active to hear his recommendation on the steps forward. Thanks, Carl. Uh, we, we have three options available to us. We can reject consideration of the, of the matter. Uh, we can write an advisory letter. Uh, I believe that would be to the planning department and uh, based on the fact that they've initiated the action, or we can move into a mediation role. And uh, uh, which of those three we pick, obviously, uh, should be determined. Uh, the background on this case is important to any subcommittee that moves forward evaluating it. I, I don't believe, you know, we're looking for any sort of decision or import from the committee, the total Ag Advisory Committee at this time. And whether or not we will, will depend on the direction that we go uh, with with our decision-making process. So coming back to the committee certainly is something that, that is uh, absolutely important. But at this time, a determination of process needs to be considered. And uh, fortunately, we have uh, on the Ag Advisory Committee a person with experience in mediation and arbitration for fee as well as for um, uh, free benefit to people who can pr provide us some direction. So that being said, uh, you know, who are there you is, referring to, sir? I'm sorry. Uh, Chuck, Chuck Campos. Understood. Thank you. Right. And so at this time, there is recommendation in the ordinance regarding uh, the composition of a mediation committee. Uh, what I'd suggest is that we take those uh, uh, people or those appointed positions, organize them at this time, and then have that group under the direction or the participation of the chair. Uh, and then also Karen Sweet, who's had experience with this and make a decision as to which of the three approaches we'd like to take. Once again, either rejection of the request, uh, writing of a recommendation letter to the planning department, or a mediation service. Obviously, the mediation service would have to be with the agreement of the parties that are involved. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Moore. 
little confused here. You know, there's there's more to the story than what's on uh, the agenda here. And to give you three choices without understanding uh, what's going on um, is a bit, uh, I, I would have a tough time voting on any, any one of the three. And I'm a horse guy. We're not uh, looking to vote right here, right now, because I agree with you, sir. Um, it's what should we should we should we empower an existing committee, i.e., my committee to follow up on this, or should we empower form a new committee to follow up on this? Or well, I say no. This is not our bailiwick. Well, this is a an equine issue. You have an equine subcommittee, so why wouldn't you have Millie and uh, and Larry, myself, and anybody else that would like to join in on this? Um, do a little homework, get together and figure out and come back and make a recommendation to um, the full committee. That seems extremely pragmatic, sir, and the reasons for the committee. So I'm a, I'm aligned. Anything else, Mr. Moore? Karen? Uh, I'd like to correct Larry. I do not have experience in the mediation. I just was going to report that I only know of one mediation we did do many years ago. Um, and I believe Sheila was on that that committee, um, and it was another uh, horse issue, if I believe I remember correctly. Um, but because it's a natural resources issue, that is something uh, to consider. But do we have a timeline issue with this, and what what's going on? Or I mean, is, is this an impending something or other by an agency that's moving forward? That would be a, another question. Um, before we go, uh, well, before we go to Sheila Berry, may I ask to see if Sean Wilson is available in the audience to raise his hand and be brought in by Liz to provide some background as well to this? <clears throat> Mr. Sean Wilson, would you please unmute yourself and provide some background and feedback? I believe I did unmute myself, correct? Now you have, sir. So, I mean, we've been following this issue in our office for, for quite some time. Um, it's, it's really twofold. One is, it, is an issue with the county in terms of their uh, manure management plan. The other is a neighborhood issue between one neighbor versus the other. We intervened on both accounts, tried to rectify the issue with the county, um, have not been very successful to date. Um, and then we also extended our resources and provided mediation services through the Alameda County Sheriff's Department, who did go out and talk to both parties. Um, they felt at the time that they couldn't resolve the issue through their mediation services because the two parties were too far apart. So I, <clears throat> at this point in time, there was a question of timing. I think it, it is relative uh, sensitive in terms of timing because this this applicant has been at the county for quite some time trying to get a renewed conditional use permit. Um, the allegations from one neighbor versus the other stalls the problem because we have to go out and validate whether those accusations are actually true or not. And we've been doing that every time an allegation has been fired across the street, so to speak, from one side to the other. So we definitely want to see if this, this body can do one of the three indications in which you have the flexibility to travel down. But I do think Chuck Moore's idea of, you know, sending it to the equine committee, having a very deep dive into all aspects of, of 
this particular case and then make a recommendation to your board seems very, use the words of your chair, pragmatic. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. While you're on, before you step off, thank you for your time on this evening. Does anybody have any questions for Mr. Wilson before we allow his departure? Thank you, sir. I hope you will keep listening just in case we reserve the right to get better and change your mind, Mr. Wilson. Thank you. Close. Sheila Berry, your floor. Um, I just wanted to say that, yes, I was, uh, I'm on the equine committee and I also was on our other case of mediation, which involved actually a, a, a some cattle, uh, involved a cattle corral. So I think it was a bit different um, and it was resolved. This sounds like maybe this is going to be a lot trickier. So I think it would be, yeah, very helpful um, to start with the equine committee and see if we think mediation is even possible because it sounds like it's, that's a question. Thank you, Sheila. Appreciate it. Liz, do I have the power as the chair to empower the equine committee to go to work or do we need to make a resolution from the committee, from the AAC committee itself? Uh, uh resolution isn't necessary you can just direct the subcommittee to do the work the mr chairman so directs the subcommittee and the subcommittee as comprised of uh goslin kimbrough moore and barry to go to work on this matter and report back at each and every aac meeting until resolved happy to do so Thank you. I'd like to open to the public or do whatever else we need, Liz, to close this item, item number nine. There are no raised hands. Closing item number nine, opening item number 10, Bay Area Regional Agricultural Plan Framework, Plan 2020 Implementing Strategies. Chair Wentius, potential action item. What's the AAC's role? How do we uh, make sure that we're playing the role appropriately? And the chair does not know other than he feels like it's a good thing to be involved in. I would love to hear briefly and efficiently from Dr. Goslin, Mr. White, Mr. Benetton, if you're here, Ms. Barry and Mr. B. Miller, who attended this. Mr. Goslin, with efficiency, please. Yes, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it, yeah, in fact, uh, you know, this was a uh, interesting experience. So what's happening now is that a Department of Conservation, I believe that's a state agency, grant has been uh, granted to both the RCD uh, LAFCO collaboration in Alameda County, as well as a sort of Santa Clara-centric Bay Area effort to address land conservation and policy uh, in their respective areas uh, to enhance agriculture or uh, uh, enact agricultural beneficial changes. That being said, uh, we've received presentations from both of them. Uh, the presentation that you're discussing is the larger scale uh, aspirational Santa Clara based effort. Uh, I believe it's an effort that's very well organized. Uh, there are questions and concerns and pro problems 
with potential solutions they'll be proposing that do have the potential to uh, affect Alameda County. With that being the case, I think the Egg Advisory Committee should stay informed with this process. We should take the bull by the horns, share the information that we have available already from prior studies and research, whether it be 20 years ago with the uh, Vision 2010 uh, Golden Valley Report or more recent reports that have been before LAFCO. Uh, but we should present those reports, ask for uh, consideration of impacts of Measure D, define those problems and provide solutions so that we have a degree of control of the process if in fact we can have control. Ah, thank you. That was a little bit more than is possibly that we can bite off and chew given everything that we have going on. But fundamentally at the core basis, I agree and understand what you're saying. That being said, your chair is confused about how we might go about setting up again the committee structure, structured report strategy to make sure that we have the appropriate liaison for this to execute what you said efficiently. Ms. Yeah. Go ahead, okay. Mr. Gosson. Dr. Gosson, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, th I think the uh, Urban Agriculture Committee uh, can tackle this within their scope of work. And then I think the Agricultural Enhancement Committee, we had great participation from both groups and the pres presentation that was put on. That being the case, I think both groups and their present scope of work can kind of embrace this. That's good that you're speaking for other chairs. So we shall hear from them, hopefully. <laughs> Mr. Moore, your floor is yours. Yeah. Uh, I have a, another appointment. I need to sign off. I just want to give you a heads up. Um, I allotted to 5.30 and I'm running behind already. So I'll be signing off right now. Appreciate it. Appreciate everyone else being here as well. Like Lord knows I have other stuff to do and people waiting on me. So, but this is important of the people, by the people, for the people. Goodbye, Mr. Moore. The floor is yours as it relates to item number 10. Mr. White. Yeah, I wanted to uh, um, echo what um, Dr. Goslin had said in regards to ag enhancement um, in terms of how do we monitor this um, and or where should it go. Um, I was thinking ag enhancement. We don't have like a legislative and policy committee where pretty much most of these things could be chucked into, um, but um as we are individually monitoring this effort and participating within it, many of us are. Um, if in future um, we do choose to um, um, take a more active, I think, position within it, I would recommend the uh, Ag Enhancement Committee. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. And then so it was ag enhancement slash urban ag as a possibility to it. In a lot of regards, ag enhancement makes sense. Um, the Given where ag enhancement is and given Mr. B. Miller's travel schedule, uh, Mr. White, I might be looking for a voluntold to help to shepherd this for us as your chair of the urban ag committee. But let's wait until we get to the end of this item. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, like I said, I'm already participating and tracking this and participating within it, um, the framework. So it was was looking at it um, from our committee perspective. It may be parts of it 
is actually taken on by urban ag and parts of it may be taken on by um, ag enhancement and we could work together as committees. So um, we'll definitely, you know, keep, you know, be uh, uh, open to uh, uh, doing so. So thanks. You're uh, muted. Carl, oh, you're muted. Darn it, I made it most of the meeting. Uh, Mr. Benetton, can you share your thoughts with us on this item? Moving on from Mr. Benetton, Sheila, I believe you were there as well. Any comments or thoughts? Yeah, I, I would just echo the need for engagement, but also add that um, as often happens when we're talking about agriculture, rangeland livestock production is sort of uh, overlooked or not sort of noted. And I think there's a need for the, the especially given the prevalence of it in uh, Alameda County, that you know it's important that it be um, included. And so I'm, I'm not, you know, obviously that wouldn't be purview of the urban ag community, but perhaps the ag enhancement committee, but I'm not sure. I'm not advocating necessarily that another committee be involved, but just as a note that it's a, it's an area that's important to the county that needs to be covered and considered. Indeed. Well said and acknowledged. Thank you. I believe Mr. B. Miller is no longer with us. Okay, so with this, um, for right now, the chair asks Mr. White to help assist the chair in keeping it this in front of us on an appropriate level as we look at structure to support strategy and who owns it. Chair is not assigning you of the end-all be-all, just asking for help to make sure we handle this one appropriately given all the comments we've heard. Are you aligned with that, sir? Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to close item 10 as soon as we can. We'd like to open this to the public. There are no raised hands. Closing number 10, moving to item number 11, the, the RCD update. Uh, Mr. Fredericks had led this one all the way through. We have a presentation from Michael Fredericks regarding environment. Well, so no those... indication of going through that, that presentation. So <laughs> just, just to provide the update. So all I was going to say is because of the late hour, um, Farley Connolly, who did that um, study, was online uh i told him to drop because his presentation be 10 to 15 minutes could we schedule that for a future meeting it's very interesting yes um, and uh uh last night we had a presentation by drew uh um engstrom on stream restoration in uh in livermore and the surrounding which might be interesting to this committee too we might schedule that presentation too but i think i i'll leave it at that and um those are really the high points the environmental dna was very interesting uh, uh presentation i think people should hear that amen and thank you please extend the thanks to the person for showing up and apologize for us not getting to it Thank you for sharing it. I reviewed it and uh, I'm into that geek out stuff anyway of how it all comes together and using technology to our advantage. 
So thank you, Liz, for looking to get that on as a future presentation in collaboration with Mitha Fredericks. And with that, um, there is, it's just informational. Liz, can you confirm we don't need to open number 11 to the public? Uh, since it was essentially continued, uh, we, we don't need to hear from the public. Closing 11, we're opening the subcommittee updates. The executive committee has spoken his piece um, with regards to written updates, with regards to what other committees, with regards to liaison outreach mediation request. We're moving on to the membership committee, and thank you, Karen. And with that, I uh, want to have an understanding of where we are as it relates to the proposed uh, uh, language change, and it would be the right way to say it, associated with uh, uh, with our membership committee. So the floor is yours, Karen. The, thank you for sending out the document, Liz. When I opened it, I was hoping to have the attorney's new language, but it, it, it wasn't. But if you might keep it handy for whenever the new one comes as kind of something to, to compare with what how the attorney looks at our suggestions. Um, so there's no update on, on that language. I would like to uh, reach out and ask if there's someone else uh, to include in the membership committee. Um, it, although we don't have any current action right now, except to, you know, once that language comes, then that, that gives us permission to go out and do the outreach that it calls for to help fill positions and, and, uh, and so on. So um, if there is someone who would like to volunteer, even at another time, um, I'd welcome it. Thank you. That's all I had to say. Uh, thank you. And Liz, do we have any update in terms of the, that language working its way through? Uh, I, I don't. It, it has not been moving forward. Um, our county council's office um, lost some key staff over the last few months. And um, so they're, uh, they have a lot of uh, backed up workload. So I'll keep Understood. it moving forward as I can. And thank you for just keeping me uh, praised as well, because I have no problem screaming from the from the rooftop about if Liz is not staffed appropriately and her team and if others aren't staffed appropriately. Um, so to continue to do so just so we can move this forward to the best of our ability, knowing that uh, never going to be perfect in terms of how we flow. Okay, now that said, on this subcommittee item, I move that we formally expelled Brandon Battiati from this committee. At what point is enough enough? Where are we with that? I I hadn't done anything with that. I was waiting for the uh, uh, the approval from the County Board of Supervisors before I implement that policy. Fair, but we have clear previous bylaws that clearly say that he has out, outstayed his welcome. Let's make this formal and let's open up another position. Well, actually, that, that was one of the changes that would be made to the bylaws that uh, if, if a member missed a certain number of meetings um, that they could be removed. Um, but that that change has not been incorporated into uh, the, the ordinance yet. So- Okay, um, so I apologize. I was under obviously the misunderstanding that the previous guidelines had a reasonableness for you have to show up or you could be expelled. Like he hasn't returned my call and we haven't seen him in 12 months. At what point do we need to keep waiting? Okay. 
Liz? Yeah, it, it, I'll, I'll give him a call too and, and see if I can get a reaction. Just tell him. Okay. I'm being told, Liz, by you that my motion does not hold legal weight. Is that correct? Speak up. The, the committee does not currently have the authority under the ordinance uh, that governs it to remove a member for not showing up to a meeting. Understand the chairman rescinds his motion on the table. The chairman makes a new motion that the AAC recommends with a reasonable urgency that the Board of Supervisors expel Brandon Battiati from this committee at their next afforded opportunity. Hmm. Like a second, just to see how government functions. <laughs> well, I'll, this is Bill Hoppus. I'll second that, just to get the discussion going. Thank you. We'll open the floor for discussion. Ms. Kimbrough, you're first. You're muted, Ms. Kimbrough. You're still muted. Many years ago, it was passed and it was approved. I, I have not been able to find it, but there is a procedure in place for this committee where you automatically are no longer a member if you miss, I believe it was three meetings in a row. That's in mm -hmm. place. Now I understand they're working on these new um, that was my understanding as well, but I could be mistaken. Any which way, we're going to look into that. Uh, we have a motion in a second on the telling the Board of Supes to do it if we're not empowered to do so at their next. You are empowered, but I probably be a good idea to find the document. Yeah, Mr. Fredericks. I, I was going to make the same suggestion if we can't do it, just ask the board uh, or if we have a candidate that to replace him you know in one one fell swoop he's out new guys in we don't we have a motion and a second on the table mr fredericks were you were you saying you would like to append to the motion or anything else or just make it a comment no i i just support it i i i was going to make the same suggestion that's, understood miss kimbrough your hand is still raised no does anybody else? That's a mistake. I don't intend to have it up. There Got we it. go. Anybody else have any comments on this motion and second at the table? Motion by Chair Wendy, second by Mr. Hoppies. This is Karen. I'll give Brandon a call and see, um, you know, have a discussion with him as well. I tell him that the time has passed and uh, that he, you know, he knows better, but please do so. And sorry for being. Uh, a flippant chair at this point. I've reached out to him many and knows how many meetings he's missed. Point we need to do our job or ask the county supervisors to do their job and to move on. Motion and second on the table, further discussion. Mr. Hoppies. Yeah, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to get some definition on whether it's within our power to remove um, members uh, to non-attendance uh, uh, on our own. Uh, if that is the case, then, you know, we can remove this fellow on our own and not being the case, then I think we should send it to the supervisor. So, uh, so per Liz, per Liz, first. Yeah, per Liz right now, it is not in our power to do so. 
but it is in the in the the recommendations, the committee member recommendations met, made by Karen and her team. So let's work under the assumption we do not have the power to remove. Thus, I rescinded my motion. Only right now we're making a motion to request the Board of Supervisors at their earliest possible convenience. That's the motion of the second on the table. It's not the association. Karen, do you have anything to say? No, sir. Any further any further discussion? We'll take a roll call on the motion by Mr. Wente and the second by Mr. Hoppies. Uh, Jerry B. Miller is no longer present. Uh, Chuck Campos? Sure, uh, I'll, I'll agree for this good of the order. Michael Frederick? Yes. Larry Goslin? Yes. William Hoppies? Yes. Millie Kimbrough? Yes. Jennifer Coney? Yes. Clayton Koopman? He's no longer in the meeting. Uh, Chuck Moore is not here. Um, Jack Norton? Is not here. Daryl Sweet. Abstain. Karen Sweet. Yes. Amos White. Yes. And Carl Wendy. Yes. Okay, the motion passes. Thank you for keeping us up to date that flows through i realize there's very little power in that and the board of soups will do what they do but i appreciate us just moving all of this forward okay uh rob benetton is on that list is there any update with regards to rob and his current situation please mute dr goslin go ahead karen no i don't have anything to say uh i was going to say as uh, uh, since uh, Rob is no longer uh, employed by the um, UC Cooperative Extension, um, he can no longer have the position of ex officio member. However, he can continue to participate in the meetings as a member of the public. And um, it has uh, been sort of the, the practice of the committee to allow um, non-committee members to serve on subcommittees. So he could um, continue to serve in that capacity as well. Very good. We look forward to Mr. Benetton continuing to serve on Urban Ag and continuing to serve, you know, on some level of membership committee as well. That's Karen's decision. Look forward to your continued engagement and involvement, uh, Mr. Benetton, and thank you for your service. Okay, uh, that was membership. Karen, good to close membership. Mr. White, your floor is yours. Um, uh, before you close regarding membership and, and, and Rob Benetton's service, um, again, I'd like to extol the, um, um, unwavering support and expertise, um, that Rob has provided in to this committee and also to, um, my subcommittee, uh, Urban Ag Committee, um, um, for the work 
um, that he has done and the work that we um, still have yet to do. Um, I know this isn't sayonara, but um, until uh, um, we we get to work with you in a in another uh, official capacity, um, I do want to recognize um, your contributions um, in this past 12 months that I have been a member of this um, um, advisory committee, um, and really thank you um, for your support um, as it's been both meaningful and impactful for the work we're doing. So thank you, Rob. Well said, thank you, Mr. White, and uh, trust you'll lower your hands when you uh, have the chance. I want to triple down on that one of the meeting Rob on rooftop gardens, meeting Rob in communities that are in need, meeting Rob and talking about uh, food security and social justice and just the size of his heart and uh, where he puts it and how it moves and shakes. I want to just say thank you, Rob. Um, now, with that, we also want to say, Rob, this is not sayonara, but this is we actually have higher expectations as you're sitting on the subcommittees uh, working on stuff and helping us get stuff done. So thank you, Rob, and look forward to your ongoing work with us. Okay, as it relates to the equine subcommittee, the chair is going to share his screen right quick and... Uh, excuse me, the Trails Subcommittee. The Trails Committee has continued to re, uh, to receive informal recommendations from past and current officials to the various organizations and jurisdictions, received informal support uh, from the three recommended trails. And the Equine Subcommittee has made the following progress, the background information of the Planning Commission to facilitate permitting of boarding is coordinating with the Planning Department to again to meet with the Equine Conditional Use Permit Streamlining Project, We'll schedule a meeting with the planning department and we'll inform the planning department the AAC on the role from mediation. Number four was assuming that we were going to vote in that direction. I didn't, we didn't have to vote. So empowered by the chair to, for that equine subcommittee to take that lead. So that was a written that came in after the agenda was due. So I will leave this up on the screen and I'll ask Dr. Goslin to speak to anything that's necessary at this point on those two items? Yeah, there's not much to add, Carl. Uh, we're moving forward with both the trails and uh, the equine subcommittee, you know, with our missions. And uh, uh, we have moved to the uh, work plans for both of those, and uh, but don't have timelines because those timelines are contingent on uh, the engagement of uh, officials, whether they be staff officials or else elected officials. But outreach has begun. Uh, we are looking for some feedback on officials that could be approached. Uh, that may be something that would first be discussed between the chair and I in our face-to-face -face, uh, before bringing it back to the Ag Advisory Committee. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Uh, Millie, anything to add? I have nothing to add. You're muted. You're again muted. Twice. I apologize. $5 fines each time I'm putting money in the tip jar. Um, okay, the Ag Enhancement Subcommittee. Thank you. Uh, Urban Ag uh, 
There was a little brief, uh, Mr. White, anything on Ur- Urban Ag briefly to update? No, we've actually, uh, you've, uh, the committee has been updated on everything through uh, the course of all the other items um, where we are. And I do look forward to speaking with you more, um, Chair, in regards to um, the previous framework we were talking about, or that I've been uh, selected to uh, uh, lead. So there. Yes, and I look forward to that as well. And the Chair reminds all of the committee members that they had nodded, yes, we will complete that charter and put pen to paper so we have a written charter associated with each of our subcommittees. So we continue to work on that. This will close 12 and, uh, I mean, excuse us, go 12D and 12E with Mr. B. Miller not here. We will close. Back to you, Mr. White. Your hand is raised. Yeah, if we can get a copy of that um, from the charter, I kept trying to save it on my screen. But, of course, it's a screen and, and it's not a real doc in my drive. So um, if you could share that out to all the committee members in regards to uh, what you want as per committee charters, those five points, that would be appreciated. Yeah, Liz, that was shared to you 30 minutes before the meeting. And so you have that in your deck. If you could share that with the team, that would be awesome. Affirmative? Yes. Thank you. Okay, and moving, so the ag enhancement. So now item 12, although I believe there were no action items for the good of the order, we will open this to the public. Item 12 is open to the public. There's no raised hands. Okay, closing 12, opening number 13, chair, committee members, and staff announcements. The chair has spoken quite a bit, has nothing more to add. Liz, you and your team, anything to add? I have nothing to add. Okay, to the committee, we will start with Sheila that has her hand raised. Sheila. Um, yes, I had an um, inquiry from both the, well, I guess it, it was a, an issue that came before the Farm Bureau and also the Cattlemen's regarding a change in the weed, roadside weed management that's done by the county. Um, and concern about, I don't know if it's a change in funding, change in practice or policy, but um, the the uh, request was made that this was something that the Ag Advisory Committee could perhaps uh, discuss, um, particularly if it has to do with the change in funding that's not allowing, I think, the Ag Department to do the sort of weed management that they have done in the past. Um, and um, so I guess I'd like to see if that could be on a future agenda of the Ag Advisory. And perhaps have maybe information provided by the Ag Department uh, in regards to what the program is or how it's changed. Liz, is that something that you can nod your head to and say, yeah? Put the hand up. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I think Kathy could say something. Yeah, yeah I, I'd be happy at a future meeting to talk about our weed management program. Funding has yeah. been a real issue and like um, all departments, we're running a lean crew. So having the ability to get out there and do the work we've done in the past where we've had lots of money and lots of staffing has um, has changed. So I'd be happy to talk about that at a future meeting. Yeah, so then, Liz, just that one is, could you uh, agendize for the next meeting? And, Kathy, thank you. Can you uh, prepare yourself for being agendized at the next meeting to address this topic? Definitely. 
head nods on both sides. Thank you. The sweets, do you have anything else? Are you okay? We're good. Okay, so now Liz, her team, Carl, his team has gone around. Any other committee member? Now is the time to raise your hand for things to bring to the table. Okay, so the chair will said nothing else. The chair goes back and asks about Tuesday, January 31st and Wednesday, February 1st for some one-on-one -on -one time. I very much look forward to spending time with y'all, Mr. Poppies, uh, Miss Coney, Mr. Fredericks, Miss, you know, all the way through. Though, and I just name a newer people to the committee. How can we continue to move this forward? How can I, as a chair, continue to move it forward? So I very much look forward to these meetings. I look forward to the time on Wednesday, the second or Thursday, the second, for uh, getting together. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, this was a big one that I delivered, big agenda that I already was told by former chair, Mr. Moore, that's too much on there. Um, and on some level, yes, I, maybe so. Thank you all. It's 6.06 to move on. I just want to express my profound thanks and appreciation to Liz and her team for being a great partner to all the questions I ask, everything that's thrown out. So thank you, Liz. Uh, very much appreciated and not unnoticed and un, uh, you know unrecognized. And I will continue to work on the supervisor side of the world to make sure that we have the right structure to support. So this is not in vain, if you will, as we move forward. So thank you, Liz. Thank you to your team. Uh, very sincere appreciation for what you do. With that, we'll leave a moment. Anybody else, ex officio or otherwise? With that adjourned on this, uh, the 24th of January, thank you all so much for persevering through to this moment in time. Take care. Thanks, all. Take care.